What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast, backed by 120 Power Star Rating, and the doors to episode 127 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me, as always, is my little smiling, chirpy little Bryce Wit. That's me. How you going, Bryce? Oh, as chirpy as the birds in Snow White. Wow, that is extremely chirpy. Yeah. Don't know how I feel about that. That's a bit, uh, <laughs> it's a bit much for me. Yeah. So, Bryce, today we're going to be talking about the last decade of uh, Nintendo. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a, a big one, I think. Um, it's a really important year for Nintendo, or not year, decade. decade. Yeah. <laughs> for Nintendo, it was sort of like I guess one of their, um, one of their highest sort of peaks with the Wii and the uh, DS. And then, you know, and even the Switch sort of coming up, yeah, up now, yeah, yeah. yeah, down to the Wii U, then sort of backed back up with the Switch, yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy, just nuts. Absolutely. So, Bryce, before we jump into it, it's a nice, it's actually a nice, uh, nice day here. Yeah, feels like spring. Doesn't feel like summer. I like spring better than summer. Yeah, heat's too much. The last the forty, these these days have been absolutely crazy. No, yeah, the heat. Forty two degrees can go and. Go and burn. Well, the the crazy thing was Thursday. I think it was was absolutely shocking for South Australia, and <sighs> it was like at two a.m. in Adelaide on th- Thursday night, Friday morning, or something like that. It was forty two degrees at two a.m. in the morning in Adelaide. In Adelaide, uh, yeah. Keith, which is oh, a couple hundred kilometers from us, maybe uh, hit their highest record heat ever. Mm. At 49, 49.2 degrees. Ugh. Keith is usually just... It's a place I don't want to go just for the weather. Yeah, yeah. Um, 49 degrees can go in a... Can go away. I've been in, fi- <laughs> I've been in 54 before. Ugh. I've been in 54 before and that is awful. Mm. That is like... No matter where you go, no matter what you do, you can't escape it. And like it's in the... Like I was in the middle of the desert pretty much at the time. Um, and it's like... You're at a hot spring that's the closest source of water. <laughs> so you're in 40, 54 degree heat. And the nearest source of water is a hot spring. Trying to, yeah. You can't escape it. You're just like trying to like drink this bubbling, boiling water. Mm, oh, isn't that quenching? <laughs> it, you know what the funny thing is, is you get in on a 30 degree day after experience that 54 degree day and it's like refreshing. You're like, ah, oh, that's nice. It's like a bath almost. But like because the temperatures drop so drastically, like by 20 degrees... Mm. It, it just felt so much better. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like just to see, I suppose, this far south, temperatures like that 49 degrees and even in Adelaide again at 42 at 2 a.m. in the morning. I've never heard of that happen. Yeah, because it was actually, it was quite cool here, but I was like looking at it. I'm like, it, I was like thinking, is my phone updated? The weather? Is that still from like four o'clock? Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess mentioning this thing though, uh, I just want to give my condolences to the people that might have lost their homes or property or whatever it may be during mm. the Adelaide fire as well. Um, that was that was shocking because... Uh, it's been the worst day for it, with the winds especially. Yep. Fre- mm. uh, f- friend, of the, friend of the show who uh, tunes in every now and then, Louise, she she lives up near that area and mm-hmm. she was pretty close, pretty close to losing stuff. Um, it was, you know, if the wind didn't change direction any sooner than it did and it you know it, it probably would have hit where she lived pretty yeah. hard yeah saw footage footage of um like the, like the fire trucks like backed up the swimming pools and everything to like fill up the tanks and yeah with like the trees like literally right there 
yeah on fire mm. it's absolutely nuts yeah mm. so any anybody that uh, may be listening for whatever reason and suffered any uh any loss we're deeply sorry <laughs> yeah absolutely you know, especially this time of year absolutely crazy yeah, yeah it just swept it just swept like a good part of the adelaide hills and mm. really hurt everyone and that's not to say like any less to those in new south wales who are also going through that trauma obviously in new south wales it's been going on for weeks and it's absolutely awful the whole country's on fire Mm. it's absolutely crazy uh, I showed my American friends like a map sort of thing they're just like oh the centre of the country is not on fire I'm like yeah that's where nothing is <laughs> <laughs> so you know um, pretty much when we say the whole country is on fire we literally mean it because we're all coastal yeah uh, if we put something there it would be on fire don't you worry <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean look at I, I suppose like you the, know yeah the rocks don't burn that well <laughs> no when you, when you go out to stuff like in the middle of South Australia uh, South Australia and up to Northern Territory you got like maybe like Roxby Downs and like Udnadada and mm. Alice Springs to some degree and all that stuff. But like all that stuff doesn't really culminate to most of Australia's population. Most of, most of Australia's population is all coastal. So yeah. um, to see that big red uh, ring, I guess we'll call it, around the entirety of Australia is absolutely mental. We're mm. going through serious climate problems. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, yes, it's all, all a bit bit much. But uh, before we jump into our Nintendo chat, Bryce, I just want to uh, want to crack this drink with you. Yeah. Uh, we've got a Bormers. So, Merry Christmas to you, Bryce. Merry Christmas to everyone who's listening. Whether Happy it's, New uh, Year as well. Yeah, of yeah. course. Depending on what time you're listening. Might have already had your Christmas. Might have already had your New Year. But regardless, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Ah, there we go. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a fun year doing the podcast and covering everything and yeah. all that. And I'm going to finish off the decade strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Move on to the next decade and podcast for the next decade. Holy, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, think about the next ten years, not just the next year. Yeah, think yeah, ahead. Think right. ahead. Dear Lord, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess um, this show will be taking a, a two-week break. So we'll be back on the fourteenth of uh, January. I got my month mixed up. <laughs> January. Uh, so there'll be two. Um, yeah, two weeks off. Two weeks, two weeks into the new year. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we're recording this on the twenty second. Um, we'll break to the end of the year, and then two weeks into the next year. Yeah. Yep. And when we're back, um, Bryce will be having a bit of time off because he's got a brand new. Well, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But hopefully, hopefully, yeah. he's got a brand new job. But otherwise, I've got some things to sort out. Um, mm. even if I don't get it. So yeah. So I'll be having uh people on but I'll, I'll explain that at the end of the episode yep so bryce let's jump into our recap of the decade so we'll go back 10 years back to the start of time itself not quite not quite but no. 2000 2010 bryce feels like this feels like the start of time it does it's <laughs> so long ago and like and it's crazy because i remember a lot of these or well, especially some of them very well so 2010 was when the we i'll say 2010 was especially personally for me was like the last good year of the Wii yeah. I feel like that should have been the, the year that um, like the Wii U should have come out in 2011 because yeah. like it, it, it really did cap it off well it had games like uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 Metroid Other M Red Steel 2 Monster Hunter Try uh, let's go past the DS games uh, Super Monkey Ball Step and Roll don't remember that one to be honest no. uh, Sinner Punishment 2 this is I really like that game. Really cool. Uh, Endless Ocean 2, if you remember the Endless Ocean series. 
Yeah. I never played them, but I nah. sort of like I sort of looked at them at night. I yeah. knew they were there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what have we got? No more heroes. Two desperate struggle. Yeah. Yep. I forgot that it was that it was that late too. Yeah. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles, which was like a, a huge thing to get it on a on. Well, this was in Japan, I think, in 2010. But I think it was 2012 where we were like, um, people were campaigning Project Rainfall to get the three JRPGs over to yeah, the, the West. The three big ones. And they were um, Xenoblade Chronicles, Pandora's Tower, and The Last Story. Mm. Yeah. And they were sort of huge hits in Japan and everybody wanted them here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn. So I, 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 I remember that being like a really cool... Um, yeah, just heaps. There was like heaps of quality games coming out for it. Yeah. And of course, I missed their um, Donkey Kong uh, Country Returns, which was a uh, one of the most exciting ones of the year because that was actually like really cool at the time that Donkey Kong was returning. Yeah, it was return return to form. Sort of, you know, he had his place again after mm. you know all the fiasco went on with Rare and yeah. you know all the games that they made with them, and then all of a sudden, oh no, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> you know, um, I think I think with that year. Uh, I, th- I think the best game in that year for me just looking at it, it was probably Xenoblade Chronicles but at the time I didn't really n- know much about it mm. nor did I really you know sort of latch onto it until After X came out but um, Heart Gold Soul Silver I think both of us have some pretty pretty fond memories of um, I remember when I picked that up I was in uh year 11 i was just transit like yeah doing the transition into year 12 sort of stuff so we had access to the common room and we had freeze and stuff like that i remember i, I went i got in the car with a friend of mine we went down to eb games we went and picked it up and i just couldn't wait to go home and play it like it was so exciting because it was mm. my favorite generation at the time yeah i i remember being so excited for this mm. i think i've actually told the story before but i was I was at school at the time, year 10. Yeah. Um, I, can, I can remember like what year I was, what year really easily because 2010, year 10. So, yeah. so yeah. at the moment, I'll be, I'll, going into, I'll be going into year 20 next year if I was still at school. Yep. Yeah. Do <laughs> yeah. you imagine? <laughs> My God, that's me, not. <laughs> me at school, I'll probably still get bad grades compared to all the kids there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, in, a, in Australia, it came out March 25th. And like looking back on the dates, like before Pokemon X and Y, where it was like a worldwide release, there was like a, a staggered release to the Pokemon games. Yeah, and it was really frustrating um, because it came out in two thousand nine. Uh, I think it was like September or something. So it was like a six month wait to get it in the rest of the world. So North America didn't get it until March fourteenth. Uh, then we got it March twenty fifth. Then Europe got it on March twenty sixth. Yeah, and. I sort of, I kind of associate the game with 2009 because I got the Japanese version um, on on the R4 card and I played the crap out of it there. Yeah. And I played I played it like mostly in Japanese. Then a little bit later they released an English patch for moves and stuff. Yeah. So I played it a lot there. Then I played it all again. But it still, I still loved it just as much, even though I played it for I guess a second time in English. And I actually, I think I used like mainly the same Pokemon too. I remember. I remember getting um, Chikorita still, getting a Lapras still. Like I chose a lot of the same Pokemon, but I still like really enjoyed it. I can't re- I can't remember if it was the same case in Heart Gold Soul Silver, but Lapras, actually finding Lapras on the Friday, I think it was at. Oh yeah, it was an event, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like it was like an out like at a what event? I I I um just thinking back to memories of Gold Silver Crystal stuff like that was just absolutely awesome. 
it was the kind of thing like you just sort of stumble across wouldn't think about and then like it's like oh holy crap and then you go to school to tell your friends or whatever and then it's just like there's not a lapras there you're lying to me <laughs> you went there on a thursday <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah, you're <laughs> that's like, where you went wrong like oh well cool sort of thing um and i guess with heart gold and soul silver they were sort of just in that time where I was like, I want to play something I'm familiar with. Mm. And it happened to be Heart Gold and Soul Silver, which were incredible remakes. Um, probably some of the best they've put out so far. Yeah, they're definitely like top three favourite Pokemon games for me. Yeah. And uh, also, was it, it was also 2010, the... Um, I can't remember if it was 2010 or 2009, actually. Like, the DSi came out. And I played a lot of it on DSi. And we actually went for a holiday in Tasmania. Yeah, yep. And a lot of a lot of that trip was driving around in a uh, RV. So, I, I just had heaps of time just to sit there and play Pokemon. I think by the time we got back, um, I spent like 20-so hours in the game. We yeah. were there for like two weeks. So I put on holiday, I would have put like 20 hours into this game. And I guess that's a, that's a fair bit considering I should have been like doing other things but there was just so much driving I'm like oh, I've got to hatch lava tar eggs and <laughs> try and get my adamant one and oh yeah that that was um that was one of the first Pokemon games that actually put a lot of time into um, getting the na- natures and EV training everything as well yeah so I've got like fond memories of doing that yep so yeah so there's Pokemon on uh, DS so that would be like I, I think that would be my uh, favourite game from 2010 or I'm not sure between that and Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah. Mario Galaxy 2, I absolutely love that game. I think it, for me, um, it fixed a couple of things in Mario Galaxy 1 I wasn't too keen on, which was just the, the hub world, the uh, observatory in Mario Galaxy 1. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, I sort of like, I was thinking at the time, but there is something about Mario Galaxy 1 where I'm like, there's something kind of missing. And I think it was just purely that since it was based in space, all the backgrounds were like pretty much black. Whereas Mario Galaxy 2, they sort of added like blues and like a bit more color to it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't feel the same. I feel like, I feel like with Mario Galaxy, uh, the different, the different, uh, differentiations, I guess, between one and two for me, it's not enough to justify me another 80 to a hundred dollars. And I found the experience so good in the first one that I went and did it two times over and got everything finished one hundred percented. And I'm like, that was fun. Purple comets suck. <laughs> I don't feel like doing it anymore. Yeah, you went like balls to the wall. I went balls to the wall in the yeah. first one. So that's so, fair enough. I didn't with the no. first one. Yeah, yeah, the first one. And like, I I enjoyed the observatory for what it was. Um, Rosalina is one of my favorite character in the Mario universe now, especially mm. by her storybook. Like, yeah. her storybook was an awesome way to sort of like uncover her law yeah I, d- I, no, I definitely I definitely agree with Rosalina it's just when I'm not looking at the map like oh I'm missing a star here but I'm like oh well it's in that level you know in the top section I'm like oh it's just getting there it's like oh oh but yeah the, like, I, I can I can understand that mm. and it didn't have like it obviously didn't have like the same appeal as like the castle which was just fun to be in jump around the you know the yard go inside go to the courtyard where the boo is and there wasn't any of that for me it was all just sort of yeah, I mean, there was Land. getting the flying cap later on. Yeah, but even then, you know. And then you fly up to the little little planet where there's an extra thing to do and all that stuff. There is reason. There is reasons like it's good and bad. I feel. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's like trash. I'm just saying, yeah. With Mario Galaxy Two, I feel like instead of instead of really doing 
anything like that. They sort of reverted back to like a, a sort of level select formula and that took away from like the painting aspect for me, which was the Mario 64 staple that mm. was created back then. And then it was sort of like in Mario Galaxy was little observatories where you could see where you were going and doing whatever in each galaxy. And I think that for me was indicative of like what that game was it was exploring space in all different manner of ways hmm. whereas Mario 2 sort of uh, Mario Galaxy 2 sort of reverted it back to a level select and um, it was yeah a, a little bit jarring for me it, it didn't really fit in with the theme for me I mean I, I get that like uh, is it Planet Mario I can't remember what the spaceship's called yeah it was just called the oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's the Mario head spaceship I can't remember the exact name of it but yeah yeah yeah, like I get the whole thing was supposed to be you're supposed to be travelling on that thing and moving forward and that's that's how the level select works there. But I just yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I like I like the idea of the observatories and yeah, that's fair enough. There, yeah. there was still plenty to do on the um the spaceship, but when like you do want to choose a level, you like you go up to the steering wheel yeah. and you choose it that way. But yeah, no, I I definitely um understand where you're coming from. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as for what I said earlier, Xenoblade Chronicles is probably my favourite game from that year, even though I didn't play it that year. Hmm. Um, so I didn't I I sort of just took it as like an overhyped thing in the beginning and I started with X because I thought X was just like a technical marvel I thought it was like absolutely awesome I was going to give it a go seeing this massive world that you know just absolutely just kills the power of what the Wii U can handle massive monsters it was just an absolute sight to behold sort of thing and then uh, when Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was announced I was like that game looks freaking awesome and I want to play it so I went back and played Xenoblade Chronicles and it absolutely astounds me how much that game pushes the hardware of the Wii oh my god it's absolutely yeah. incredible like it, it looks dated now and it can be hard to go back to but my god just some of the areas being as open and expansive as they are you know you've got areas that are as big as freaking a good open plain in Skyrim where you can like jump up the mountains and all that sort of thing it, it's really incredible mm. uh, for the Wii's hardware. And, I mean, I can't wait for that game um, to have its remaster come out next year on Switch. That'll be day one purchase for me. Yeah, I think it will be too, depending on where I am with the games I've already got. But it's especially, like, back in 2010, where where Mario Galaxy 2 is obviously like, wow, that's a stunning game, especially for the Wii. But it's a very different style. and Yeah. It was just so, it was so novel for Xenoblade being like, wow, this is really pushing the hardware. But at the same time, you got, like the pro controller which you plugged into the Wiimote and you just played it like a normal game with no motion controls yeah that was really novel at the time too because 2010 that's I can't remember exactly when I got my Xbox 360 but it was around the time where I'm like all right, I kind of want to start playing other games as well because the Wii is starting to like wane off with like games I'm getting excited about obviously Mario Galaxy and the first part of Nintendo titles but the other stuff is starting to be like, all right, it's showing that it's not holding up between the other versions and other consoles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, ha- having just like, oh, you can uh, play the Pro Control, it's like, wow, that would be nice if uh, some other games did that as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also, one of the biggest things was the 3DS was announced at E3. Um, I remember just, because the DS is one of my favourite consoles ever, and he, like we had sort of rumours leading up to like, it's going to be, it's going to be called the 3DS, it's going to... Um, have a 3D uh, screen it's going to be shown at E3 so we're there at E3 waiting for it to be announced and uh, it's announced and it comes out in 2000 and, um, uh, 2011 I forgot what the <laughs> year was But so we'll move on to 2011 Bryce yes we shall 
So uh, the 3DS uh, came out. Uh, it came out in Australia on uh, March 23rd. Uh, it came out in North America March 27th, and in Europe on March 25th. And just like having these like days between uh, releases, seeing like everything pop off in America and pop off in Europe, and um, even a month earlier in Japan, it's like it was so agri- It's just agonizing. It's like oh, I just really want it. Yeah. And e- even though the launch titles weren't there, I was just really keen to. Like, like a game with any hardware it's like a toy you get to feel it see what it feels like really wanted to see what the 3D was all about because at the time that's a novelty that was like you know kind of interesting mm-hmm. I was pretty interested in it um, even just like the uh, the dioramas you can get through the puzzle pieces I remember like collecting a couple of them seeing it it was just like really cool to play around with that um, but as far as the launch goes I got uh, I got I actually got a really good deal from Dick Smith's um, it was like three hundred and thirty bucks for like the system itself here in Australia, and like that was you know that was pretty expensive, and I think it was like a hundred dollars off from Dick Smith's, and you also got a free game. You got choice of like Ghost Recon, uh, Rayman Two. Yeah. Or was it three? Uh, Rayman Two. I think it was. Yeah, it was two. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like some Ubisoft games actually, and I chose Rayman, and I remember like putting it in playing it. I was having fun. But just my eyes adjusting to the 3D, I could feel like my eye just like shaking, like it's <laughs> the muscles just spasming out, like oh, it's because it's just not like not used to it all. Yeah. So, but after like a few days of playing it, just it never happened again. Um, and I I did play the 3D on always at least like a tiny bit just for like the first few years even with the 3DS. Mm. Wonder how that's going to affect your long term vision. Yeah, that's right. Might, uh, <laughs> might, I still don't have glasses at the moment, so no. we'll see, see how it goes. Maybe that's why you got glasses. Yeah. 3DS. Yeah. So, uh, some notable games from 2011 is Pokemon Black and White, uh, Pilot Wings Resort, uh, which I really enjoyed, actually. I really enjoyed that game. Uh, Nintendogs Plus Cats, uh, The Sims 3, uh, Super Street Fighter uh, 4 3D Edition, uh, Steel Diver, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D, Resident Evil Mercenaries 3D, Xenoblade Chronicle. Chronicles. Chronicles. Oh yeah, so that's when it, power that's when it came out in Europe. Yep. Uh, yeah, I was about to say that's that wasn't. I was thinking of the 3D version, but it wasn't that early. Kid. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> uh, Star Fox uh, 64 3D Kirby Mass Attack, which I actually got a copy of, but I never opened it because <laughs> it was like nine dollars um, from Play Asia. I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I never actually opened it. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Four Swords uh, Anniversary Edition, which was which was actually really cool. I think that was a free um, get download from the. Um, DSI shop actually yep. uh, uh, Professor Layden and the Last Spectre Kirby's Return to Dreamland on Wii Pokemon Rumble Blast which was I think it was the second in that series uh, Super Mario 3D Land Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword uh, Fortune Street on Wii if, if you remember it was sort of like a Mario Party not Mario Party game Yeah. Um, and Mario Kart 7 so we got a, I've got a lot of games in here that I really liked some have got like a lot of, uh, I guess, opinions on. Um, but first off, we'll read a t- uh, post from Tam, who uh, posted this in the House of Murray Discord community. And we've got sort of uh, some feedback from uh, listeners about their favourite games, favourite sort of moments over the last decade of Nintendo. Um, so Tam says, Personally for me, it's The Legend of Zelda Skull Sword as both my game of the decade and as my defining gaming moment. It is objectively the best game I've played in the last 10 years. No, 
but it is the best game that it is the game that uh, reignited my love of video games and Nintendo games in general. At the time it was announced, I was barely playing video games aside from uh, placing, uh, placating uh, my World of Warcraft addiction and grinding daily quests in order to get some meaningless mount. It was Skyward Sword. It was the Skyward Sword trailer at E3 2010 that snagged my attention back towards single-player video games. Uh, undoubtedly, uh, the desire to discuss was the impetus to me joining an online forum forum for the first time, named uh, Aussie Nintendo, uh, which is easily easily the defining moment for video for me video game wise for the decade. In terms of the game itself, for anyone who is uh, notorious uh, for buying games simply to add them to my backlog. Skull Sword captivated me. Despite the, the, the hated fire and other aspects of the game, I managed to finish it within three days. It remains to this day one of my favourite Zelda games and probably the game I need to uh, critic as the driving force behind my continued passion for Nintendo and their general output. So I know this was the game back in 2011 that I was most excited for. I think most Nintendo fans were like, yeah, really keen for it. And when it came out, I remember just playing it all weekend, and I had a five-a-side soccer match. Uh, I think on the Sunday of that weekend, and I remember like walk, like driving there, getting out the car, and I just remember looking up at the sun, going, "Fuck, it's bright outside," because <laughs> I was just been inside like the whole weekend playing it. Yeah. Um, and our friend, my friend Joseph, he was like, oh, what have you been up to? I'm like, oh, playing Zelda. <laughs> not, <laughs> not much else. But um, yeah, definitely looking back on Skull Sword, it's uh, one of the Zelda games that has a lot of problems. It does. Uh, yeah. And it's probably one of the Zelda games where if you said, oh, here's a HD remaster. We haven't really done anything to it. Would you like to replay it? I'd probably say, nah. Nah, I don't want to replay it. Really enjoyed the story. Yeah. But um, I think it was the Zelda game that made me say okay uh, the formula is definitely starting the show and showing its worst ways and it needs to be changed yeah it needs to be changed and uh, luckily Nintendo did exactly that in 2017 but yeah I know you share you you, you, uh, you share the same uh, opinions as me but uh, even you've got more hatred I feel like for the game the problem the problems with Skyward Sword are not so much like the direction it was going in or the story or whatever it may be i feel like all those things were excellent but in terms of design they tried to put way too much emphasis on the gimmick of the hardware um which did not work in its favor a lot um it was very repetitive you can tell that there was a lot of time sort of spent trying to iron out everything to be sort of workable at launch rather than actually spent building more content for the game and then eventually it sort of just comes down to hey you've got three region three regions you visit them three times with different gimmicks and then you've got to do the wolf quest but it's worse yeah so i i think like <clears throat> that's probably the thing that brings it down the most gear him demise fantastic plot with them except i don't like the imprisoned three times or you know i don't like exploring the forest area but it's entirely covered in water I cannot think of anything worse yeah it was very repetitive in probably uh, the worst way yeah Skull Sword. That's, that was its problem mm. I don't think its problem was so much hey look the Zelda formula sucks I think I think its problem was hey 
we're trying to create this very beautiful game with this very complicated technology in terms of actually using it in a mm. in a sense that we want it used so like directional slashing and yeah. like pinpoint precision aiming and all that but it just didn't work out because instead of focusing on what should have been a huge Zelda game it became a very small Zelda game mm. with very fidgety controls yeah I think like say say motion controls just weren't in the game and they could just focus on the game itself and just have like, oh, actually fill out that map instead of having three areas, have six areas and, you know, maybe go back to two or whatever it is. It'd be a much better game. Yeah. Um, But yeah. I mean, look at at the Wind Waker, I suppose, as a a point of reference. They had three dungeons and they had two in the end game and the two dungeons in the end game were great. Nobody loves them. And the Triforce Quest... Nobody really loves them, but in my opinion, I would not find them nowhere near as repetitive as what Skyward Sword sort of subjected mm. me to. I remember my uh, the bit uh, the bit of the game I disliked the most is when the forest you go back to the forest and it's flooded, yeah, and you're trying to collect the music notes to make something appear. Can't remember what it is to be honest with you. The dragon, yeah, I don't don't care. Uh, <laughs> I don't I really I really hate this bit. You're trying to when you swim, you're controlling Link. Uh, with the Wiimote so you aim down to swim down etc etc and in this bit you've got to click the music notes in a certain time and to get a boost when you're swimming you've got to shake the Wiimote so you've got to shake the Wiimote while also using it to control Link and you've got to and you've got to like control it to like go up and down when you're collecting these music notes you've got to be very precise and I remember just like getting to a bit shaking it and it throws off the motion controls and he like goes off and he misses the music notes. Got to start again. Swim back to the thing, activate it, do it again. Yeah. Do a shake. And I remember just like throwing my Wiimote into the beanbag, but like, no, nah, I've got to come back and do this because it was just awful. Infuriating. Yeah. yeah. And even with like a normal controller, why is that fun? It's no. not fun. It's not fun. It's not, it's not like, oh, I'm solving a puzzle. It's not exploring. It's just collecting music notes in a time limit. The, yeah. be- the Beaver Race, the Beaver Race in Majora's Mask has a very similar problem for the same reason. Mm. Is that if you if you're not hitting your objectives, then it objectively is annoying, especially with the camera as operational as the Nintendo sixty four Zelda games. It doesn't work great. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's it's just unfortunately one of those things where uh, after having some pretty decent controls, I'd like to say in Twilight Princess, I think I think they were pretty solid. It was just hey, here's yeah yeah here's what? Ocarina of Time sort of standard with. Uh, motion controls for aiming it's like great you know mm. that works fine but then they tried to overcomplicate it in Skyward Sword and it become I think Skyward Sword messy. like it, when you're versing a boss or like one enemy uh, I think it was really fantastic mm. like uh, I can't remember the name of the boss but it's like got like the multiple arms and you use the weapon to like knock off its arms you grab its arm and you use the arm against the boss you, oh yeah the um like there's there's moments like that where it, like it feels good to use the motion controls but those moments are, you know, pretty far and few between, so... It was kind of like the, uh... What's it called? They had a, they had a like, a hand boss in Zelda, that re- uh, in Zelda Wind Waker that reminds everybody of that Mario 64 hand boss. It was it was kind of the boss of that game. It was mm. like an automaton type of deal. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And you yeah. Had the, the, six, the six arms with the scimitars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think, like, I enjoyed my time with the game, but it's... It's far from perfect. And I, I, I do remember that IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. And I remember thinking like, yes, here we go. 
Um, been waiting for this game for a long time. 10 out of 10. It was absolutely not a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Let's go. And GameSpot uh, gave it a 7. And I remember thinking, like, how... That's, that's I'm like, a discrepancy. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell can one give it a 10 and the other one gives it a 7? And, like, in my head, you know, being, like, hyped about it, I'm like, oh, well, the, the 7 has to be wrong. He has to be, a you know, a Sony fanboy or whatever it is. And uh, and I think that's a good... That's a great lesson. Uh, you know, when you see people on online complaining about a like about someone's review score be like just wait until you played it <laughs> yeah play it yourself no matter how big a fan you are no matter what you think because of the marketing material and the trailers play the game make it for yourself by all the amount by, by all means have your own skepticism and doubts or hopes and mm. dreams but like don't finalize your decision yeah because like looking back on it seven out of ten is a perfect spot on score for Skyward Sword yeah I feel like it's a good game uh, in in the out of all the choices of Zelda games you've got to play that would be very far down the list yeah yeah that's right yeah. it's not it's not the worst Zelda game and it's not the best Zelda game yeah so it's a very good place so let's sure. let's move back to the handhelds Bryce because the Wii uh, 2011 was Back-seated. like yeah it was that that was the time it was like alright the Wii U needs to be out like <coughs> the Wii U needed to be out at the end of 2011 yeah like name and everything aside that's a lot of the reason you know the, the way you failed I feel like because it needed to be out soon people didn't care you know, Skyrim Uncharted 3 everything was like really happening for the other consoles and it was dragging people away from Nintendo yeah. myself included yeah. I think I got the Xbox and a PS3 in this time as well mm-hmm. so let's go back to the handheld so I guess the launch of the 3DS um, what type of stuff did you pick up at launch did you get much at launch or? Rayman <laughs> you did Yes. Uh, maybe Street Fighter Four. Oh the yeah, thing, yeah, we did too. The yeah. thing is, is this year was like fairly empty for most of the year up until, um, Ocarina of Time 3D, which is probably my favorite game of that year. Yeah, it's one of my favorite games of all time. But like Ocarina of Time 3D on a, on its own spacing as well is the definitive way to play that game, and mm. it's it's quite an awesome journey. Um, so it's. Sort of just like I may have beaten that game like eight times already, but here it is again. Here it is again, and it's better than it was before. It's like cool, awesome. And then like they had new and old glitches in that game that were just fun to play around with. And I had that. I had at one point I found, um, I found I found a couple of glitches that I tried to execute myself, and it's like you could back out. Of you could enter the hole in Kakari, in uh, Kikiri Village, back out of the hole, immediately hit Z target and backflip, and you could just keep backflipping, and the camera would stay on the hole, but Link would be elsewhere. Okay. So whatever happens that is not within the camera's view doesn't happen. <laughs> so the guard to the forest is not there, and then you could exit the forest without doing the Deku Tree. Right. Is it was that unique to the three D version or? Um, I think that one. I think that one in particular was, but okay. it's it's not the only egg forest exit. That's cool. Yeah. Um, in in Ocarina of Time, and then like you could combine it with a save file glitch in the three D versions. Uh, in, well, in the three D Ocarina of Time, at least, where uh, you could have the Master Sword um, transferred to your new save file, so you could have Young Link with a Master Sword, and he holds it like he's holding a paddle, like a rowing paddle. <laughs> And you could still attack people with it and stuff. You could carry over like an insane amount of like random items. And if if they were too big for Link, young Link to hold, he would hold them like a rowing paddle. 
So like a Megaton hammer or <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I, I guess just for that year, I, I to get Master Quest with that as well, I think was another thing. Uh, mm. The boss rush was cool. And it was just the the, the definitive way to play, probably. I still, I still remember favorite. how that was announced, too. I guess just going back to the previous year, E3. They announced the 3DS. They showed off, like, Mario Kart. And they showed off, like, some, some of these games. Like, oh, cool. Can't wait for that. They actually showed off, like, so many concepts. Yeah. They showed off, like, Animal Crossing, Mario Kart. Like, they showed off, like, 13 things. Paper Mario. It was, like, all there. And at the time, we're like, oh, shit. Is this all at launch? Oh, my God. But obviously, it was, like, just, like, yeah. everything they've got planned for the system for the next three years. Um, and they sort of just like pooped it out afterwards like oh going through a list so Ocarina of Time 3D so huh click on it and there it is just screenshots and everything they didn't announce it at E3 or anything just no, here it is just yeah so that was really cool yeah. um, this Pilot Wings Resort here this was a, a launch title and it was basically just the aeroplane mode ripped from Wii Sports Resort on the Wii back in 2009 and just placed into this it's got a couple more modes. It's got like jetpacks and like a couple more things. That it's put... not as good as Pilot Wing 64. No, it's not. But like in saying that, when you've got absolutely nothing to play, it was based on a mode in Wii Literally. Sports. Yeah, it was based on Wii Sports, but I really enjoyed on the Wii. I played like, I unlocked everything, played through it, really liked it. So I'm like, oh, I'll just do it again on 3DS. Yeah. Um, so that was fine. Was it worth 60 bucks? No. No. No way. No. Um, it really hurt buying that too. I'm like, oh, this isn't worth sixty bucks, but I've got nothing to play. I'm not buying. I was actually like, you know, you're at you're at Target where whatever, and you're thinking, should I get Nintendo? It's like, no, I've played Nintendo. This one literally just has cats. Yeah, it's the Plus only cats. difference, and the cats don't do anything mm. notable. Yeah, in 2011, I was like past the point. Like, I think it was 2005 where we played Nintendo on DS, yeah. and like we all got into that. We were like trading like items, going to the park together, patting the dog. But I think, you know, back... How old would I have been there? Like 15? I was like... I was over, like over my fake dogs. Yep. Um, we played Street Fighter for a little bit. We didn't play it too much, but it was cool just at the time having that on a handheld. Yeah. And you've got like the, the bottom screen to unleash uh, com- combos that I wouldn't be able to do normally, especially not back then. Um, Resident Evil Mercenaries, it was cool seeing it on 3DS. It was a pretty bare-bones game, but... Uh, I guess the graphics were pretty cool at the time. Um, this was on the lead up to Resident Evil uh, Revelations, the first one, which came out uh, a bit later. And uh, yeah, I did. Oh, and Super Mario 3D Land. I really, really love Super Mario 3D Land. Yeah, good um, game. Yeah, so it was it was worth the wait waiting for that. And that got announced at um, Game Developers Conference, and it was just sort of like it's kind of a weird place to announce it. Really, like since since then we haven't seen like any big Nintendo reveals of like major games no since then but I think like I think it really showed of like how much they were like really trying to push stuff out for 3DS because they had nothing at launch Ocarina of Time wasn't until mid-year and they really needed Mario and well just just Mario actually to save the 3DS yeah the PS Vita was coming out and that came out to a really strong launch with heaps of games and uh it wasn't until sort of the end of the year where Mario Kart 7 and uh, Super Mario 3D Land basically saved it. Yeah. They had a price cut of 100 bucks, um, just slashed off of it. Um, we got a bunch of free games yeah. for it. They had the Ambassador system where we got, what we get? We got 10 uh, NES games and 10 Game Boy Advance games. Yep. And it is kind of baffling that those games, well, especially the Game Boy Advance games, they never got released. 
No, no. Never got released to the public. I, I'm like, oh, well, in a year... They stayed true to their word. Yeah. But in a year, I was just like, where, where are the Game Boy Advance games? I'd love a Game Boy Advance virtual console. Um, then they released that. They could. They obviously had a working emulator. Like, fantastic. It'd be coming, you know, six months to a year's time. Uh, seven years, or was it nine years in the future? Never got it. <laughs> yeah, we, the way we you got, got, it, got it. Instead, we got an SNES emulator that apparently could only run on the new hardware. On the new 3DS. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. Made no sense. We should move on to 2012, though, because yeah. uh, we we are slog- we slogged on that year. Holy mm. shit! I just want to talk about Mario Kart Seven a little bit. All right. So so <laughs> that that was a that was a really important game that came out for the 3DS, but um, it was it, lackluster as shit. It was very lackluster. It was it felt very rushed. It yeah. didn't even have like a quick race mode. And no. as someone who absolutely loved the DS version, I p- played the DS version hundreds and hundreds of hours. Yeah, same. And. I'm like really looking forward to another portable Mario Kart, especially after Mario Kart Wii, which I really disliked. Um, Mario Kart Seven, I'm like, all right, it feels good, it looks good, but it just it didn't have the modes DS One had, and no. it didn't have, it didn't even have like a quick race mode. So I'm always going into GPS all the time. Yeah, yeah, just to do races. It's kind of baffling, kind yeah, of baffling. So, so right, 2012, Bryce. Now this was a uh, big year for Nintendo. I, lo- I love how this one doesn't have a notable games list. Mm. It actually doesn't. <laughs> well, if you go, just go to games release, go to Weave and click on North America. And oh, I went to I went to Wii U and click North America. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's kind of what we got to talk about. Mm. I've got a uh, a list here, but actually, <clears throat> Bryce, just before we jump on, uh, in uh, back to f- 2011, uh, Pokemon Black and White came out. Yeah, and uh, Black. Uh, yeah, Black and White came out. Black and White 2 came out this year. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Metadox said via Twitter, Pokemon Black and White as well as Black and White 2 were definitely some of the best games ever released in my opinion. The sheer amount of time I spent in those games as a kid trying to discover every little thing I could was unlike anything else I've ever experienced since. And talking to Meta, these were the first Pokemon games he played in the series. Mm. And so, basically, this is his Ruby and Sapphire for me. Um, I guess equivalent to gold and silver for you Kanto games technically first game was first games I played yeah well just like it's, it's really special like the first uh, Pokemon games you play like the first you know time you like uh, learning all the mechanics the types and everything so um, and e- even even for us like black and white were uh, games that really tried to change up things for the Pokemon series yeah for sure yeah so we won't go we've already talked about Pokemon a lot so we don't have to talk about it too much all, all I have to say about it is Black 2 and White 2 are probably my favourite games in 2012 um, they were amazing games they were the best quote unquote sequels to come out in a very long time since Generation 2 technically because Generation 2 was a direct sequel mm-hmm. um, and yeah honestly it was just an awesome generation that often goes overlooked uh, mainly because of Pokemon designs, which makes no sense because half of them aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, the lead up in 2012 for Wii, it was just like very barren. Very, um, it was at the point where we really didn't care about the Wii at all, to be honest. No. What was coming out for? Well, it was basically our Smash Machine. Yep. It was definitely our Smash Machine, actually. Yep. And if if we uh, if someone came and said, "Let's play Mario Kart Wii," we'll go. 
oh jesus you don't want to do that let's keep playing smash it's yeah. fine um so what some notable games for for the wii were rhythm heaven fever poker park 2 mario party 9 uh xenoblade chronicles for north america uh we've got like lego batman batman just dance 4 skylanders giants wreck it ralph uh, lego lord of the rings uh, epic mickey 2 um so yeah there was no games there i'm like i played uh mario party 9 was like a huge a huge blunder i think that was the one where like you all hop on the car together the one everyone like talks about but they hate the most yeah you don't move like freely around the board it's kind of like yeah that, that series went down hill a lot until big time until a couple of years later so i guess until then as far as the consoles go the wii u came out um how how did you feel of the lead up to the wii obviously we had all the stuff at e3 and everything and i was my feeling was i was looking forward to it but i wasn't super excited for it um 2012 was my last year at high school there was like a a lot of a lot of that stress going into exams and that and i was just looking at december when the wii was launching i was like all right that is the thing i'm looking forward to but i've got to get through all this first and, when, yep. and then when the Wii U came out, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're excited. We went down together. We went down to EB Games, picked up our pre-orders and everything. Um, Did the updates, yeah. Yeah, well, the update, oh my God. Well, day one update. Yeah, you reminded me of that the other day when like the direct saying, oh, there's going to be a day one update and it's basically just downloading a whole new firmware because this thing is that rushed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. So the lead up to the Wii U, I guess I was I was kind of excited because I wanted to see where it went. Um, Call of Duty was launching on the console, which is something considering uh, you know most Call of Duties up to that point. When you look at their library uh, across Wii and uh, DS, <laughs> the DS ones are something, weren't they? <laughs> well, you know, the, the, it's it's really strange. Every major Call of Duty on the uh, during the DS's lifetime had a DS port yeah. of Call of Duty. And they weren't even half bad. <laughs> oh no, they they weren't. For first person games on the console, they weren't that that they weren't that bad. Yeah, for the DS, I've yes. played. I've played all of them. I've watched. Go check out Scott the Wars's video on it. I think it's probably the best place you're going to find the information. Did for you play it. them though? Did you play yes. one? Yeah, I played every single one. No, everyone, Jesus. every single one. Yeah, just I- because R four. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, and they yeah. weren't half bad for. Like, they were actually decent attempts at trying to make it work on the console. I remember playing it and being like, okay, it, it's what I expect. But just like, it has like no music or anything. Even like the sound effects are so like... But they do have voice acting. There's voice they? acting in them. I can't yes, remember. Yes, they do. They have voice acting in them. Yeah. They have unique stories. They have multiplayer. Just what, just what you need. Yeah. I had the Treyarch ones had zombies. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, they were they were all pretty decent attempts, considering the fact that they could have just slapped it on there with a single player mode and called it a day. Hmm. Nobody would have cared. Can you imagine Activision doing that now? They wouldn't. They won't even support. Yeah. You know the Switch. No, that's right. <laughs> Different world though. You got phones and everything now. Yeah. Um. So I guess some notable games from the launch of the Wii U was Assassin's Creed 3, Batman Arkham City Armored Edition, where you get sort of the electric armor, yep. Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops 2, which was which we talked about, was yep. really good on Wii U. It was good. It yeah. looked at, like, comparing it to the PS3 version, it was like, holy crap, the graphics are actually oh, a fair bit better. Yep. Um, got Just Dance. There's a game called Rabbit's Land. No idea what that was. Scribblenauts Unlimited, that was cool. Had Nintendo characters in it. Yep. Uh, Darksiders 2... 
Uh, Mass Effect 3, which was just the third version of the game. Dumbest release ever. You can buy it for the price of a meat pie these days, literally. It's a pretty cheap meat pie, actually. <laughs> New Super Mario Bros. U, which was like the premier launch title, which was like the most boring launch title Nintendo could possibly release. Yeah. Apart from Nintendogs plus cats plus kangaroos. Uh, <laughs> Ninja Garden 3, Nintendo Land, which came bundled with the uh, the premium edition. Yep. Which, of course, we got because we're not scrubs, Bryce. We buy the... We buy I the, just wanted the extra space, man. I mean, if there was anything the Wii U was good at, it was Virtual Console. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. For the most, for the most part, and played every system apart from the GameCube. actual Wii U itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, apart from GameCube. Yeah, uh, we got Tekken Tag Tournament, which was pretty cool. It had Nintendo costumes in it. Yep. Zombie U, that was a banger. You uh, really down. died quite hard that one. Yeah, so that was pretty much it from 2012. So uh, hang on, no, 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 no. You missed Warriors Orochi 3 Hyper. I did miss that. Yeah. That is actually one of my games for that year for that console. Okay, yeah. That, that is an awesome port of Hyper. Uh, sorry, Orochi, Orochi 3. Warriors Orochi 3. Okay. Um, basically just... So I guess that was the lead up to... um. That is one of those games I go back and play today on my Xbox One. Like, I've, mm. I've got it downloaded on my Xbox One just in case I want to play it. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. them sort of porting the game to the Wii U might have been the start of the relationship for Horror Warriors or something Yeah, like I'm that pretty day. sure it was. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Koei has been pretty good in with Nintendo ever since, which is great. Um, Warriors Roshi 3 didn't actually do super well on the console, but I bought it for 25 bucks from Oz Game Shop hmm. and it uh, turned up and I played it for weeks. It's it's simple simple Muso game, but... Um, the mashup of all like their main properties up in one game in with like a fantasy setting story um i've got warriors orochi 4 on my switch but i still haven't finished it yet <laughs> all right meaning to um but i've got three warriors games on my switch so it's sort of hard mm. warriors orochi 4 fire emblem warriors and zelda that's why i'm scared about persona 5 strikers or scramble or whatever you want to call it these days scramble I think it is and they call it apparently in English it's called strikers okay. that's what I've been hearing anyway so call it whatever you like yeah Persona 5 hitty hitty game hitty hitty get the titty <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so um, yeah uh, I'll get around to it but Warriors RT3 Hyper was probably it's probably my favourite Warriors experience Hmm. and it came out that year on the Wii U which is uh, did you nice. play it there or just on Xbox yeah. One no yeah. I played it there and then I um, <laughs> I went and got it second hand because I wanted to play it again and I didn't have it anymore so I went and got an Xbox One copy for $15 two days later they put it up on Game Pass I'm like no it's... no they put it up on free games for gold I'm like shit <laughs> <laughs> I'm like damn it <laughs> you should have foreseen it should have <laughs> I mean I mean, it's there now I can play it if I want to but I probably should just play four mm. anyway yeah so yeah the Wii U it came out I enjoyed it at launch um, playing new Super Mario Bros it just wasn't a lot for it no there was, there was nothing for it it was like we were thinking like oh really they've done it again like after the 3DS we were hoping they would have learnt and especially after yeah, such such a barren couple of years we're like alright all of their time is going into developing Wii U games getting the hardware finalised operating system it's going to be a banger when it comes out it's going to be the successor to the most successful console they've ever done but it was the most out of touch out of touch uh, 
r- rushed product Nintendo has ever released. Yeah. <laughs> and it's shown, and that is why it failed. It failed hard, yeah. I, I can't even remember how many worldwide sales it had in the end. 13 point something million. 13 mil, yeah. Nothing. See, I even thought it was worth it. It sold than less than the PlayStation Vita. Yeah. And the PlayStation Vita is like... N- it's nothing of Sony's like m- actual like product obviously the main PlayStation's there's and they supported they, they, Sony supported the Vita less than what Nintendo supported the Wii U mm. that, that, that sort of says something the Vita's a good piece of tech but my god was it unsupported yeah unfortunate but yeah it's just a very barren year for Wii U overall um, we didn't get anything really until the following year uh yeah, so let's move let's move to the 3ds, Bryce. So the 3ds actually started to have some good games come out. Uh, the most notable for me was Kid Icarus Uprising. So Beautiful this is this is what uh, Sakurai's team was doing at Sora. Um, it came out to like sort of building reviews because of the controls. You use the stylus to aim your reticle. Um, it was basically like an on on uh, on rails shooter, basically. Yeah. And you use the bottom screen as uh, as you're aiming and just holding the 3ds and doing that it was a really uncomfortable uncomfortable way of doing it so included with the game you got a stand to put your 3ds on so you could just like control it (laughs) really easily and i remember just putting my headphones in and playing through the game and the story and the voice acting and the gameplay itself and the graphics especially at the time were just awesome and i really hope they go back to sort of this world of kid icarus yeah me too because i already had a bias towards uh kid icarus because of pit from smash bros brawl um, so I was like really looking forward to it and See, fantastic the, the thing with Kid Icarus Uprising is, is I think it had the best representation of what those characters were past um, Smash Brothers and then like you had the addition of characters like Hades for example which is probably one of my favourite Nintendo villains at this point yeah Buffer which is surprising because like I, I'm not I'm not overly attached to Kid Icarus I thought Uprising was a freaking incredible game and I loved it but as for Kid Icarus as a property and its assets, I'm not huge on them, yeah, like you I, are. Yeah. I mean, I never played them back in, like, obviously the Game Boy Neither. and Neither. NES. But Neither. Yeah. I, I just I just feel like, as a property, there's so much better properties from Nintendo in, in comparison. Hmm. Um, but in saying that, Hades is, is a phenomenal villain, and it has been one of the best Nintendo villains in a very, very long time. Yeah, I agree. Just like... Because every villain's or every character's got so much personality, yeah. And like as you're going through the game, they're all like they're always talking. And I know like a lot of people like everyone's like shut up, stop talking. But just getting the story as you're going along, I thought was great. Yeah. yeah. And Hades and Hades was really good mm. in uh, delivering some nice little biters. Mm, nice little biters. So the brass, let's keep moving. 2013. Yep. So this was uh, a huge, a huge year. Uh, Luigi, Luigi's 30th anniversary uh, was celebrated with uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which we know as Luigi's Mansion 2 mm-hmm. here in Australia. We're not American. We're not... Uh, we put uh, numbers at the end of our games. Thank you very much. Yep. And... Uh, really nice year, actually. Yeah, yeah this, was, this was a great year, especially for 3DS. 3DS was finally starting to come to its own. Yeah, 3DS killed it. Yeah. yeah. So this is the year where we got Fire Emblem Awakening. We got Brain Age, uh, Concentration Training. Don't remember that. <laughs> uh, Brain Age, Concentration Camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Concentration. 
<laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Lego City Undercover, which came to both 3DS and Wii U, which was uh, a great game, which I... Never played. Never played outside yeah. of a demo, like at Big W or something. I've been meaning to, but I just never really got to mm. it. It looked fun. Monst- it looked like that fun, campy, sort of like Lego movie. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looked good. Uh, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate came out uh, it was basically a port of the uh, try version from Wii enhanced yeah yeah and I, I wanted to play it but at the time didn't have internet don't have internet for Monster Hunter kind of useless yep that's right so Luigi's Mansion 2 really great uh, a port of Donkey Kong Country Returns came to 3DS um, Animal Crossing New Leaf that was probably your biggest thing that year yeah I didn't because I absolutely loved Wild World Wild World on, th- on uh, DS um but I didn't play a shitload of uh, New Leaf, to be honest. I played like a decent amount of it, but I didn't play anywhere near as much as like I would have thought I would. No, yeah. And I think it's just because like everyone around me bought it and said, oh yeah, I'll play it. And then everyone else dropped off of it. Yeah. Whereas like Wild World was just was just me and I was just doing my own thing. Yep. So I think I was influenced a little bit by uh, everyone else, which was a bit of a shame. Um, but uh, moving on, Yoko Watch came out in Japan which became at the time was like oh my god this is going to be like a Pokemon killer uh, you know 2019 obviously not the case Pokemon's still trucking along didn't kill Pokemon still very good property yeah, yeah. Uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team New Super Mario and Luigi U DLC for the original game The Wonderful 101 by Platinum Games Platinum Games first game on Wii U The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD which was one of the biggest games for the Wii U if yep. not the biggest game for the Wii U it just shows you how long we're waiting for something to actually come to the Wii U. Yeah. A long time. And that was a port of a GameCube game. Yeah. Or remake. Uh, Pokemon X and Y, which was really exciting. Um, Pokemon going into 3D, finally coming to the 3DS, because with uh, black and white, we were sort of been like, why isn't this on 3DS? Um, but yeah, we finally got 3DS Pokemon games. Uh, we got Wii Party U, which uh, no one cared about. Super Mario 3D World came to Wii U which was really exciting um, really like 3D Land so seeing this there was cool uh, and on the same day was The Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds on 3DS it's very questioning actually because okay the, la- the last two games on this list are Puzzle Dragon Z Puzzle and Dragon Z and The Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds in Japan how did we get it a month earlier than Japan that's a good point. I never knew that before looking at this. If the, no. this is right, so th- so it's ba- crazy. Just let everyone know we're we're on a website called Nintendo.fandom.com. So we're we're going off this. I never knew that it came out a month later. That makes no sense. No, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. I, di- I didn't know that was a thing. And yeah. I mean, like that is the biggest game in that year, in my opinion. Mm. Um, yeah. Like looking back on, I've got. I never finished it that year, but holy shit, when I finished it, like four or five years later. Mm. Yeah, because I was staying, I was staying down at the beach house at the time. I had my Wii U and my 3DS down there, and I played like a heap of uh, Mario. When people came over, it was really fun to actually give people controllers and like just join in on my Mario game. With like you know 64 and games before then, I couldn't do that. It was just like if people come over, I'm like, all right, we've got to play Mario Kart or something. But just being able to bring them in and play it, it was like a lot of fun. It was more fun than yeah. the new Super Mario Bros. series for me. And so Zelda sort of took a back burner until probably between Christmas and New Year's. And I remember playing through it. I just like, I was working at the pub. This was like my first year working at Beachport. And I would uh, come back about one o'clock in the morning or whatever. And I'll just like go to the little room. I'll go on the couch, put my blanket on. I'll get my 3DS out and I'll just play through it. And I just absolutely loved it. Yeah. And like at, when I finished it, it just like 
the ending made my jaw drop. I was like, wow. <laughs> made me teary. Yeah, I'm like, I was saying. Like the sense of expiration, how they changed up, it really made me go, after Skyward Sword, be like, all right, they're trying new things and the next game, they're going to really shake it up. And they did. And they did. <laughs> they so yeah, they did. 2013 was a pr- very good year. Like with a Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh, mm, we've come off of uh, some pretty ordinary years for Nintendo. Yeah. The yeah. start of the decade was very slow, mo- moving from DS and Wii. Yep. Um, and they really didn't know really what they were doing um, until then. But th- so this is from um, Evan Lee. Uh, he sent this to me via Twitter. And this isn't um, just all of 2013, but it's mainly 2013. So he said, Some of my favourite games ever released in this decade uh, would be um, Zelda Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. Um, All were game-changing, amazing achievements with smiles upon smiles throughout. Uh, Other top games were Pokemon White 2, Pure Joy, best game in the series, except for SoulSilver, and Kid Icarus Uprising is an absolute masterpiece of a gem that I sunk over 300 hours into and almost 100% complete uh, Event 9.0 challenges, which is, if you play that game, that is crazy. Yeah. Good effort. Uh, (laughs) Mario 3D World is pure joy, and... Uh, and then to be the end of my life from uh, 2013, Animal Crossing New Leaf. Uh, over, <laughs> Jesus, uh, 1,200 hours and I still adore it until I lost my cartridge on a flight to Western Australia. Oh no, that'll be devastating. He says, uh, bring on New Horizons. Um, yeah. So thank and you very much. his life a second time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you very much for that. Um yeah, losing your cartridge after that many hours. And I was about to say, well, at least you got cloud saves now, but cloud saves <laughs> won't, won't be compatible. <laughs> um, no. So if you lose your Switch, you're dead. You lose your life again. Yeah, and then pay $400. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So absolutely bang a year, like looking back on it. Uh, yeah, so Fire Emblem Awakening is there, and that is the most notable game on that list for absolutely just breaking Fire Emblem out of its 100% giant rut mm. and making it a noticeable series in everywhere but Japan um, which it was already popular in anyway so that that should say enough as it is that was the first game of that year February 4th mm. um, and it absolutely stunned Western audiences got absolutely huge scores um I went back and finished that game god I've, I've started and refinished that game a bunch of times but I actually went back and finished it before three houses mm. because every time I every time I'd like put it down for a couple of weeks pick it back up I'd be like I want to do something different and then I sort of went back to the start and did it all over again but everything sort of had a decent a decent um gab this this year so both so Zelda Fire Emblem uh, Luigi's Mansion Mario 3D World Link Between Worlds Wind Waker HD Pikmin 3 yeah it was all good shit yeah. all of it like literally it was all, all quality it. yeah um, it kind of it kind of reminds me of this year 2019 it's a way part of you yeah that's that way part of you yeah no one I think no. I think that came with a a, a Wiimote Plus probably and it, yeah this was like 
all right, Nintendo, go away. Because they're still trying to be like, hey, the Wii's still cool, but everyone everyone associated the Wii as a bad brand by they then. Did. It yeah. wasn't... It wasn't. They saw it as, oh, it's the family brand. Everyone knows it, but everyone's like, no, we don't want to be associated with that anymore. That's right. Yeah. All right, Drew, we've got six more years to go, and it's already been an hour, so we better keep going. Yep, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Quick, quick for us. So what we got? What we got here? What we got here? So, uh, 2014... We've got, for the Wii U, 25 games were released in North America for that one. So, among the games that we had in for Wii U in 2014 were Wii Fit U, uh, the, Lego, the Lego Movie Video Game, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which is one of the bigger ones of that year for sure. This was a good year too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Overall, uh, Lego The Hobbit, which is probably the best Lego game in terms of like what you can do you played a lot of that with Jade didn't you um, I did not personally play it I watched to play it oh okay yeah. but it, it's like big open world Lego game it's really good actually uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 have no idea never paid attention Mario Kart 8 which obviously has still held up to this day um, Wii Sports Club I guess if you want to pay attention oh to that. that was weird do you remember that yeah it was like it was like pay to access it was like you, you could rent each sport yeah it's like what yeah. This was a free pack-in with the Wii, like, six years ago. It was a dumb... It was a really dumb decision. Like, a really stupid decision overall. Um, considering that, like, the Wii U did not have anything that really made it stand out. Even just packaging, like, a free Wii Sports download probably would have would have helped a lot of sales. Mm. Um, Hyrule Warriors, which, again... I, I love the Warriors series. Definitely a great rendition of Warriors in their first crossover with Nintendo. Um, Skylanders Trap Team, follow up Skylanders. Skylanders never really fared, fared well as time went, uh, time went on, and this was one of the cases where that was the same. Mm. Um, Pac-Man and the Coastly Adventures 2. <laughs> Don't know, man. <laughs> Bayonetta, uh, Bay- Bayonetta 1 and Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta 2 was the highest rated game that year. Um, phenomenal game. Got a re-release on Switch. Uh, worth worth your time, honestly, especially before Bayonetta three comes out, and it's two games in one, might as well. Um, Lego Batman three Beyond Gotham, I guess, if you're really into the Lego Batman series, works for you. Uh, Sonic Boom, oh, the God. most critiqued game that year uh, because of it's perfect, absolutely awful it was. <laughs> uh, Watch Dogs, which was one of the flagship things where they're like, oh, it's going to be on the console, and then nobody really cared. Yeah, then and it, then it came out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like. A year later. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Super Smash Bros. for Wii U. Huge, obviously. Um, Penguins of Madagascar. You don't have to read that. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker and <laughs> Ness Remix Pack. I was actually going after the last two, but for some reason, that just popped in my head. And was like, what the fuck? That was a video game? Penguins of Madagascar by Little Orbit. Yes. Yeah, apparently, that was a video game. That was, and that was then, a great uh, game. Yeah, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker and Ness Remix Pack. Um, I never played Treasure Tracker. <laughs> didn't you so oh, yeah I didn't play that until Wii U no oh so, sorry Switch until <laughs> Switch <laughs> yeah yeah so this was a um, it, was, it was a pretty light year but it was the games that we were waiting for yeah um, that's right yeah like 2014 I remember their E3 was like a lot of fun to watch when they announced like Smash Mario Kart and, like some of these games it was like real hype it was you know it was like two years from when the Wii U launched but we we're getting you know the game we were most excited for which would be Super Smash Bros because the Wii was our little smash machine yeah that's right and having smash on the Wii U and the Wii U basically became our little smash machine as well <laughs> yeah so uh, 
And Super Smash Bros, like, the lead-up to the fourth game would have to be the most hyped I've been leading up to anything. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Like, Smash Ultimate was, like, you know, still real hype, obviously, but um, this was, like, going from the Wii, which isn't HD, you know, it's lacking, like, online, a few of these features we were, like, really looking for in 2014. And the things they really they were really trying to push with the system as like a selling point they were like oh we're gonna you know do better with all this and that and they really didn't but yeah each character had its own sort of me-verse community which was a lot of fun <laughs> to sort of see what that's all about yeah some looks quite scary to go into uh, yes some are quite funny to go into uh, yes and there was, there was uh, nothing in between that it was either no it was either you going to Wolf it's like oh, oh dear or you're going to Zelda and it's like oh that's oh dear oh, as well oh that's nice you go into Mario and someone's just like, oh, I jumped and I got knocked someone out. That's fantastic. Clap, clap. And you go into Zelda. Well done, yeah. Zelda where it's just like, mm, that's going to be banned soon. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then uh, I tried to click on the 3DS thing, but uh, the link's not working. So is it working for you? Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. But I guess while I find that, Bryce, so this is the year the new 3DS came out in Australia and New Zealand on November 21st. Yeah. Uh, and they sort of uh, announced it just out of nowhere. And this was just after E3 that year, the week after, and we we're thinking, why didn't they put this in their E3 uh, direct? Yeah, but it, I guess you know, doesn't need to be when it's new hardware. So that was exciting. I I didn't buy it when it launched, but I when they uh, announced uh, Ocarina of Time, not Ocarina of Time, uh, Majora's Mask 3D, they also put up a limited edition up for pre-order of the new 3DS. All right, I'll yeah. buy that one um, because I'm a sucker, so I bought that one. And this was also the year of Pokemon uh, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire on 3DS. Yes. And Ruby and Sapphire, one of my favorite games ever. First Pokemon game, got me the series, got me as a Nintendo fan. So I, I, I'd been wanting these games to be remaked for the longest time. And when they got announced, they got announced sort of out of nowhere as well. I think it was like through Famitsu uh, magazine in Japan or something. It just came out one day and it was there, there they were, the covers, they're coming out in November come and get them so yep. holy shit I, I was absolutely keen and you know I liked them for the most part but I feel like just the emphasis on the mega evolution sort of storyline sort of like crammed into the previous storyline yeah I thought it was pretty unnecessary and it overshadowed what that remake should have been yeah and yeah. sort of like the features that were put onto generation 3 like the battle frontier and that were just missing so I feel like I feel like for the most part the games are good. I enjoyed them. I I've got my uh, living decks on there, and I really put a lot of time into catching lots of Pokemon, and I enjoyed it. But I think as remakes, they did miss the mark of what the original games were, and there were cool features. There was like a soaring feature where you could hop on Latios or Latias and fly over the region, and you could see it all in just like one shot. And there was like uh, a Rayquaza sort of storyline where you fly up the space, catch Deoxys. And back in the day, back in 2004, when you were playing... That was a rumour. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a rumour. That was a rumour. Oh, I heard if you go to the space station and talk to the guy a hundred times, you hop in the spaceship and go and catch Deoxys. And they actually put that in the game. So that was actually that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, and become its own story, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, considering, considering the history of those two legendary Pokemon as well. Mm. Yeah. Even the fact you can catch Deoxys in the first place was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was like a... You have to get a code, go to a certain place back in the day and actually get it. Never available in Australia. Never available in Australia. Yeah. I mean, Durachis, it would have been nice if they 
you could catch the out Jirachi as well, <clears throat> which is like a little star Pokemon, the wishing Pokemon. Yeah, to to be fair though, um, Australia got one of the only ways to actually get that damn thing. Um, Did out, it? outside of outside of events, yeah, through the um, disc that come with Pokemon Channel, I think. Oh, that's right. We we uh, Amer- North America didn't get it. I don't think. Um, it it definitely wasn't. Uh, and it was the only way to shiny hunt Jirachi too, is if you had that disc. So you actually had to have the corresponding uh, console at the time. Um, so PAL region uh, specifically, and that disc, and you would have to to shiny hunt Jirachi. It was a painstaking process that co- that took about ten to fifteen minutes each time because you had to reset it, have the disc. Um, yeah. that can specifically contain Jirachi and you could eventually find one and it would be technically legitimate but my god to hunt something like that would be absolutely insane mm. <laughs> so I've got a list of 3DS games now um, I, I am uh, very disappointed in that website would have been nice if it had the 3DS games but we got them now so oh so Shovel Knight came to 3DS that year bravely default which we're getting the oh. getting a second game in the series now which yes. is Bryce is a big fan of um, obviously, Super Smash Bros. for 3DS, which I really enjoyed. Do you do you remember when they released the demo for this game? I enjoyed the demo more than I did the full release, simply because it was like, bam, right in your face. That mm. was the game, and you could get a handle of the physics and everything, and that was the most important yeah. thing. So basically, for people that don't know, um, I think this was worldwide, but at least here in Australia, uh, out of nowhere, they were sending people codes for Smash 3DS demo um, demo codes yeah. so it was four each so you could play four player smash and I think it came up online or something and said hey I got a code I'm like oh my god oh my god got in my email like, oh, like fingers crossed because I was just itching to play this game I would have killed somebody to play this game before release Yeah. Um, so I check, check my email and there it is just four codes so I go into Facebook messenger like quickly like message Bryce 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 here's Bryce Bryce, Bryce. <laughs> like I, I came into town and uh, we like played it for hours and hours and this was all I played until the actual game came out. I put literally 80-something hours into this demo. Yeah. And I never closed it. And I just played it. And you, you got access to Mario, Mega Man, Villager, and Link, I believe. Pikachu as well. And Pikachu. So I think they were the, fi- the only five characters you could have access to. And I think it was only Battlefield for two minutes. Yeah. So that was it. That was the demo. And I played the crap out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the the, the uh, 3ds game too. Having having it on the go, like the novelty was really nice. I did too, but once the Wii U version came out, it made it obsolete. Mm. I think they knew that as well because yeah. that's why they released it earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was important for that game was on 3ds because on Wii U it just didn't have the sales potential to actually move anything. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anything else notable? We've got more. Well, we've got Mario Golf, which I never played because I'm not a huge Mario Golf boy. Uh, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. That was an interesting concept that I remember that was at the the, the reveal of the 3DS. Yeah. And we were like, oh yeah, that's interesting, but never played it. Uh, I think that's the most notable stuff. Sorry if we missed anything from that year, but yeah, I think I think that's all of the not- notable stuff. Yeah. So a l- little bit of a quiet year, but it was, um, it was one of those years, I guess, similar to 2017 at least for me like having Mario Kart which is a huge game went on to be the biggest game on the system by far Smash Bros uh, 4 um, the two Pokemon remakes Um, that was was kind of literally a dream year for me like literally 
I remember at the time being like, seriously, like remakes of my favorite Pokemon games, new Smash and new Mario Kart yeah. in HD for the first time, both fantastic. Um, so yeah, I got I got a lot of soft spots for um, 2014. Yeah, 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 for sure. So 2015, Bryce, uh, what are we looking at 2015? What's going on? Uh, what's going on there? Not a, not as much of a notable year as last year, to be sure. But um, there was definitely some fantastic games here that um, their ideas sort of carried on. So we've got um, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D. This was um, carried out. Uh, this game was wanted on the 3DS thanks to Ocarina of Time. And there was a petition group growing around like there was the three JRPG trio, except instead of Rainfall, it was called Moonfall. And the oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that. There was a petition to get that. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, it, this would have started development like straight after Ocarina of Time too. Yeah, so yeah. they would have been there like, oh, don't you worry, boys, we got it for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, they immediately sort of they mu- they must have anyway started of immediately started developing it. Um, considering that I think Ocarina of Time 3D was only sort of a taste tester, and then Nintendo's like, yeah, but go ahead with it. Mm. And then they sort of just went on with the Majora's Mask. But there was a huge community fighting for it. Obviously, um, it's got a massive cult following, which has sort of grown exponentially um, yeah. since, you know, everybody started talking about this, I suppose. And, you know, here it is now. Um, we got Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. It's another paintbrush game. Love that game. Um, we had Mario you, Party you, 10. Sorry, do you have it? Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Yeah. On, on Wii U? Yeah, we, yeah, I got it from Buddy's clearance. Oh, that's right. Yeah, cause I, I, I played the original one on the... Um, on the, the DS. On the DS, and yeah. I loved it. I yeah. finished it. It was a great game. Because I wanted, I wanted to get the Wii U one, and I was like, it's just like another $80, $70 game. I'm like, no. Nah. Yeah. No, I, I, I really wanted it. to play it, though. I, I got it for 10 bucks. Yeah. Got it for 10 bucks, And they're fun games. Yeah. Um, The World Rider release of Mario Party 10, we had uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D for the 3DS only if you had a new 3DS XL I'm pretty sure it was the first new exclusive wasn't it yeah I yeah. believe it launched with a yep. April, no not quite so we had we also got uh, Xenoblade Chronicle, uh, Chronicles X that year which was huge Splatoon um, Super Mario Maker uh, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer uh, Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes the North American release of Yokai Watch, actually. Um, Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. Not not fond memories, as uh, we've heard a couple times. Yeah, I remember being at PAX and like they had like they had it set up everywhere. Yeah, I'm like I played it. I'm like it's fine. Like all it is is a bit of basic tennis. Yep. Then the Mega Mushroom comes on, and everybody and gets fucked. Then like one person's big, the other person's big. You're hitting it back and forth. Then you go down again. This is real. It was real ordinary. Yeah. Uh, and Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon is probably the other super notable game on this list. Mm, cool. Um, overall. Yeah. yeah. So I want to read read out a post from Luke who posted this on over at our dis not our Discord sorry on over on Patreon. So he said in uh, in 2014. So this is E3 2014. Uh, Splatoon is announced, and my mind is blown. Something new and really cool. Looking for the Wii U. That's exactly what I wanted. I was hyped from the start, and I watched every minute of the Treehouse Live about Splatoon. A year later, the game launches, and I play it for 11 hours the day it comes out. Eventually, I put over 100 hours into it. I still love Splatoon. It's my favorite game of all time. And you know, I can. 
I didn't get into it as much as Luke did, mainly because of my lack of internet at on the, the time on yeah. the farm. Yeah. But it it was nice to finally see a new IP from Nintendo come out and people got around it because like before before Splatoon, uh, it was Pikmin that was the last IP to come out of Nintendo. Yeah, and you know Pikmin, it didn't really make much of a splash. Like you've got like certain people from certain like sex in the, of Nintendo fan and they're like oh Pikmin's great but it doesn't get people that excited no it, like, yeah. like I'll play them but it doesn't get me that revved up for a new system or whatever so you know Splatoon's gone on to be one of Nintendo's most important series has yeah and I and I'll, I was sort of hoping this would be like the start of them to start doing this more often since since this we've seen like arms and stuff like that come out but nothing but sort of uh, latched onto as much as Splatoon but yeah it was like it was really cool to see their take on a a shooter yeah and sure. it's yeah. it's something that only Nintendo could make really yeah absolutely mm. um, I think uh, with this year as well um, the biggest thing for me and I talked about it earlier was the technical marvel that is Monolith Soft uh, releasing Xenoblade Chronicles X um, if there was anything that could show the Wii you had a bit of power in it it was that like d- despite its plastic shell and it's obviously very uh, questionable expenditure on design uh, it's it it did hold a bit of power and I feel like Xenoblade Chronicles X was important in displaying that mm. um, certainly a magical game uh, and Mario Maker as well opened up a whole floodgate of <laughs> level creators yeah Mario, Mario Maker was absolutely fantastic it was yeah mm. it spawned like absolutely tons of people sort of just picking up Wii U's just to play that sort of thing and it worked I mean uh, you look at like YouTube channels like Game Grumps with like 100 episodes of Mario Maker of just playing people's levels and shit and it, it worked really well as a community game yeah. and it still does like Mario Maker 2 still does like despite sort of Nintendo pushing back on uh, you know their footage and that being used by YouTubers yeah um, it was one of the first games where content creators really got around it yeah and started making levels sharing it with one another yeah and it was like like you said like watching Game Grumps was just like a lot of fun just watching the bull crap <laughs> that people make and make these poor bastards play yeah <laughs> Um, yeah. I think the it the, there is a couple notable events uh, this year that are probably worth mentioning as well. Uh, Nintendo announced their partnership with uh, DNA um, for mobile gaming, so that's obviously shown up even sort of just to this day with Pokemon Masters as they were hand in that. Um, the NX was also mentioned at this point in 2015. Uh, so that was our first inkling that there was another console coming in the works pretty yeah. soon and we're all just like oh thank god <laughs> yeah that's right yeah big big sigh of relief um, so we also this was also the year where I woke up one morning went and had breakfast at a cafe checked my phone and realised that Satoru Iwata had died mm. it was absolutely mental I was in the car at 10am uh, we were about to go I was about to go to Panola with a friend I looked at my phone and I'd found out that the president of Nintendo had actually passed away. Yeah, because like we heard, we heard that he wasn't well. Yeah, and seeing we all knew it. Yeah, yeah, and seeing him at like, I remember there was one like press uh, conference, and I was like, he was looking real, <clears throat> he was looking like real skinny and quite ill. Like holy, yeah. holy crap! Because like what you hear about from articles, like oh, you know, he's not well, but he's recovering. It's, oh well, 
that's good. Hopefully, hope it gets better soon. But it wasn't until like I guess the week before where I was like, oh, this is real bad. And then obviously I woke up and it came up on my Facebook feed or something, like an article, and it's uh, it actually hit me really hard. Yeah. Like it, even thinking about it now, it just makes me real sad. Yeah. How much like um, yeah, like I had so much. Re- we all have so much respect for him. I like, yeah. the the thing with Satoru Iwata is when you look back at his history and you look at what he's sort of done throughout his video game career, whether it be a developer or you know a figurehead or someone at the top of a company or you know even just somebody who chucks a hand in, a lot of people uh, in Japan who develop video games see him as an inspiration, mm. which you know no matter what way you look at it that's exactly what he was he did some of the most amazing things in in the industry like even with the uh pokemon sequels gold silver at the time he went back and he made a whole engine for converting pokemon um in order for that game to work without it being like 500 megabytes mm. on a game boy color cartridge yeah um and he effectively saved those sequels for game freak with just you know mm. that sort of method uh he didn't want any praise or personal time he just let it as he, he just went and did it I, th- I think having a president like that is a big reason uh nintendo has such passionate fans yeah because have, having someone like that at the very top who knows how hard it is to you know make a game how hard it is to work how hard crunch can be how like all of these things whereas you know other people at the top might not have gone through that That's pathway right. yeah, wouldn't they're, know businessmen yeah. yeah and at the same time like you know like people like us who like really we talk about the latest Nintendo games and like we like really do care about the quality they come out yeah. and having someone like himself who also really cares about the quality cares about you know what the fans will think and about their enjoyment of it and obviously our enjoyment of it will be positive for you know their their bank account at, at the end of the day um and i feel like that's even even to even now that he's been you know he's passed away and hasn't been at the head for a few years now it it, it it's weird how it's that long ago doesn't feel like that long ago but even reggie leaving nintendo feels surreal yeah you know um obviously the big (laughs) the big personalities in nintendo um were iwata reggie and mr miyamoto Mm. and you know they had those puppets at the e3 presentation (laughs) and yeah that was 2015 as well actually it was 2015 yeah so yeah i i miss those directs man yeah. I feel like have, have I, I miss I miss Awada asks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Awada ask columns were fantastic, and even just like the small presentations, everybody remembers the goddamn bananas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like like all right, so what's the Wii U about? Like we're finding about we're finding out about the Pro Controller, we're finding about whatever it is, and it's just like cuts back to him staring at bananas. It's like it made me it made me laugh so much, and it made me think he. They get their fan base. Yeah, a bunch of idiots, <laughs> a bunch of goofballs, a bunch, bunch of, of monkeys. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like it's, it's just like yeah, it's just they. 
it's just I don't I don't know if some market like one of the marketing teams was like just stare at these bananas for ten seconds. The kids will love it. Trust me. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it it really uh, it tickled me in the right way. I tell you. All in all, um, Satoru Iwata was a stand up uh, stand up man. Uh, he was an absolutely well praised video game personality of all kinds. Uh, whether it be somebody who plays them somebody that develops them whatever that may be and it was absolutely shocking to see him go just what what was seemingly so quickly hmm. um, we obviously don't know the whole personal story of how how sick he was um, or leading up to his death we knew that he was sick but we never really knew what kind of situation he was going through but um it hit the community hard. Yeah. Well, what and, what uh, what happened is, yeah, he he had a, a growth on his bile duct. Yeah. And I think he, I can't remember exactly, but it was like uh, we heard that he had the surgery, everything was good, and we're like, oh, that's that sounds painful. That's fantastic. But, yeah. but like well, that sounds painful, and I hope uh, hope he recovers because well, yeah. you know recovery from that's not going to be overnight type no. of thing. But didn't even think that it could have resulted how it did. No. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, uh, but in in the result of that, uh, later that year, a couple months after, uh, Tatsumi Kimishima was named the president of Nintendo, and Nintendo was restructuring the departments uh, as a result, and they uh, led the formation uh, in that year of the Entertainment Planning and Development Division, among other changes. Hmm. Yeah, and there was. Yeah, these are, these two years, um, 2015 and especially 2016, is like a, a huge change behind the scenes. We're hearing yeah. we're hearing about like the handheld and console divisions merging together. Yeah, and that's where the rumors of the NX were like, this is going to be a hybrid console. And when I heard about this, I'm like, well, that's definitely what I want. I hope yep. that's the case. Yeah. So we'll go into 2016, and you know, 2016, uh, it really sucked. If you're a Nintendo fan. It was basically re-releases. The there, whole there wasn't year. there wasn't much going on <laughs> the whole year. So, um, I mean, we had uh, Tokyo Mirage session, uh, Tokyo Mirage sessions sharp FE, <laughs> which is the closest thing you're going to get to Persona apart from uh, Q on the cons- on three uh, DS. Yeah, on on the Nintendo platform. Yeah. So, um, that was the only real. Oh well, and Planet Robotbot. Um, are the only games that are from Nintendo oh, and Pokemon Sun Moon? I guess there's oh. three. There's three games this year that are notable games that are not mm. remasters or re-releases of some kind. Yeah. The rest of them were stuff like um, Hyrule Legend, Hyrule Warriors Legends, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. Uh, that's a new game, but yeah, I don't think that was any, an ordinary one. Every, yeah, nobody really. Yeah, yeah. Mario I, Tennis Ultra Smash again. We talked about that before I um, I, I didn't play it because of the the reviews that came out they were quite negative and I'm like well, why are they negative and they were pretty much negative because it's repetitive you had to uh, you had to find like toads like you get hide and seek with toads like multiple times throughout the game yeah. so that reminded me of like the moments from Skull Sword where you've got to like, collect things <laughs> go back I'm like I'm not doing that yeah. <laughs> no thank you um, but yeah but the biggest game by far the biggest game was Pokemon Go this year? Um, yeah, to, and it was funny because Pokemon Go we knew it was it's been in beta for a while and we knew it was coming out, 
and it was just it was it was a thing I was like, oh yeah, it'll be fun to play when it comes out. I'm I'm a big Pokemon fan. Yeah. And it came out I think May sometime in Australia and I downloaded it, played it. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's give this a go. And what absolutely shocked me is every single person I knew was who, playing Pokemon who was under the age of forty was playing this game. Yeah. I like I go to soccer training, everyone's got their phones out catching Pokemon. And as like someone who's you know, Pokemon's like a part of my childhood no, it's part of my like every day and part life. of my week like I'm always like checking out Pokemon news playing Pokemon games and just like having everyone sort of be a part of that for like a solid two weeks or a month um, it was really special even though the game had a lot of problems at launch it was crashing there wasn't that much to do in the actual game but the, the experience was absolutely phenomenal mm. and we'll we we'll like out at like midnight and the town was, it was like a little country town. It's just alive. There's people out everywhere yeah. playing this game. Yeah. It was absolutely, it was absolutely nuts. It was so much fun. And it was, yeah. Again, undoubtedly the biggest, biggest thing to come out that year. Other mm. than that, there's actually not a hell of a hell of a lot here. Yeah. So we had Star Fox Zero. Um, I never picked it up because it came out the same month as Uncharted Four and Overwatch and like some of these other huge games. Yeah. Um. So I, I opted for those. I really didn't care about Star Fox and it came out to like the bad reviews I'm like well definitely don't care about it yeah um, even when it's like 10 bucks I was looking at it I'm like no nah, nah. <laughs> but I uh, yeah it's, it's, it is a shame like the I guess the Wii U controls were just put into that yeah um, Pokken Tournament I um I bought this I played it I played it for a little bit but I actually I went on a big holiday in 2016 I went I went on up the east coast of Australia so I bought it I played it a bit I gave it gave it to you to borrow. Well, I'm going on a holiday. You may as well borrow it, Bryce. And it was it's right. still at my house. <laughs> yeah, still, it's still at your place. I barely played it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to pick up the Wii U port, but I never. I couldn't justify like eighty or actually it's ninety dollars. I couldn't justify ninety dollars for uh, the port without the DLC. Yeah, I'm like, oh no, and I won't play it that much. I know I won't play it that much, but. I'm not even sure. I, I'm pretty. I bought it, but I'm not sure I still have it. I think I might Did have got rid of it. Yeah, because I've got way too many. Why'd you buy it? You got my copy. No, just I found it cheap. Okay, fair enough. And um, <laughs> fair enough. Would you sell my copy? Is that what you? No, your copy's still there. Still got the Mewtwo card in it too. I think if my daughter hasn't opened it and it's gone missing, it probably has. You bastard. Well, that's your fault for not fucking... <laughs> How many times have I told you? God damn it. And fucking take your pocket tournament home. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's it it's a cool game, but it does have some glaring problems and the roster's not huge. And, yeah, the fact that it come out on Switch as well and the DLC wasn't just an inclusion <laughs> mm. kind of feels like a bit of a cop-out. Mm. Um, yeah, there's not a lot not a lot to say about this year. Yeah, uh, like there's some little games like a Kirby a Planet uh, Robo Bot. Robot Bot, yeah. Yeah, I um I played the I wasn't interested in the game, but I played the demo. I'm like, wow, this is actually a lot of fun. I think it's like it's the best I, Kirby game in years. Yeah, then I went and bought the game because yeah. because of that demo. It yeah. absolutely it hundred percent sold me on the game. It's yeah. a it's a lot of fun. Just being like getting into the mechs, just it's just a really solid Kirby two D platformer. Yep. Um and um, then Pokemon Sun Moon. Yeah, Pokemon Sun and Moon. So this was uh another huge game so Pokemon was moving into like you know the next generation generation 7 uh, and there's a lot of hype going on like every Pokemon release especially because of, because of Pokemon Go yeah so Pokemon Go like blew it up yeah um, so yeah um, 
what what I'll say about sort of the marketing towards this game, like they're announcing like stuff. Oh, that looks cool. That looks cool, but they didn't leave us anything in the actual game to discover, really. No. Apart really. from the the actual story itself, which was like pretty obvious once you start the game. Anyway, it kind of gives itself away once you see that first cutscene. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like. I feel like Generation 7, I'm pretty negative on it, but it's a solid generation that was ruined by the marketing and and, hand-holding. And hand-holding, yeah. Like, apart from that, it's a pretty solid generation, but but Discovery and having my hand held throughout the whole game is enough to be like, all right, this isn't fun. (laughs) Unfortunately, it sucks. It sucks that that's the case. But yeah, 2016 was like... It was just like biting our tongue into 2017 yeah because we got the trailer uh, for the end well what we found out was the switch at the end of 2016 of course the annex was revealed you're right yeah. that's right so we finally got it finally got an unveiled and I think it was October yes it was Yeah, in, in a trailer um, and we finally got an idea of what it was and it was oh my god like absolutely went nuts and I went and cancelled a new 3DS pre-order and immediately put the money that I had on that pre-order back onto the switch immediately i was i was ready for this console um so the first thing that happened i guess for that year that's uh, for 2017 that was noticeable was the presentation on january 12th oh yeah straight after the new year it's very mixed presentation because with that initial reveal back in 2016 it was like holy crap yeah this is exactly what personally i wanted it looks like um you know having sort of the the graphics the power of the wii u plus a little bit more or however it works out is going to be really exciting having these games on the go having both of Nintendo's sort of libraries of games among the handheld and console together which we are getting really benefiting from now because this year has been fantastic but you know we're seeing like fantastic years back in say 2013 whereas a lot of people might only have a 3DS or a Wii U so they've only got half of that now if you go and buy the system you've got all of it in one go um so, yeah, the presentation that was um it was pretty mixed because we it was were, very businessy. Yeah, we we had like high expectations of what they'll be because we were really impressed with the initial reveal. So, and when when they said we're doing a live presentation in uh, Tokyo, we're like, okay. Um, we, I assume since your last E three, you've uh, learnt things, you've stepped it up. It's going to be a presentation for the consumers to like really push it out there, make the because they had they had to make this thing a big bang. The comeback from the Wii U. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's incredible what they've done coming back from the Wii U, especially like thinking about it. Like they were on the verge of death. They were. In the console space. No one cared. I barely cared. Yeah. <laughs> Which is harsh, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I still loved my 3DS, still played the crap out of that, like millions of people did. Yeah, but the Wii U. But the Wii U, like, I'm like, seriously, like the PS4, it's doing incredibly well. They had a really great year with third parties and that like what are you going to do Nintendo yeah. well we're going to merge it with our handhelds um, and when they showed us it was like very businessy very awkward um, all in Japanese being like translated and do you remember the bit when the translator like sort of like stumbled and like went quiet for about 10 seconds then like missed a bit then started again it was like ugh and I think it kind of it kind of missed the mark it told us the price it told us yeah but we did get the Breath of the Wild trailer yes and that trailer at the end was phenomenal. <laughs> that I was think, the thing that sent me over the edge. I didn't need anything else other than no, that. No, no. Like, at the end of the day, I didn't either. Because, you know, at the end of, like, we, we knew we were getting it in March. 
We knew we were going to buy it regardless of the price. And we knew we wanted fucking Zelda. Yeah. And, and we got it. And it was a, that trailer was just incredible. Yeah, because you're over at my place. And I think we on the verge of tears. Like that that was one of was the most a- hyped trailers I've ever seen. It's one of the most beautiful trailers I've ever seen. Like that music was incredible. Yeah. As it was going. And the emotion going through that, considering that Zelda has historically been a game where nobody fucking talks. Mm. You know? So to get that Was it one of the first trailers that was like, yes, this game has voice acting? I think it was, wasn't it? Mm. Yep. And it was in Japanese, so it was it had like not not to not to ditch on anybody that voice acted for the English version, but the Japanese version had much more play on emotion. Yeah, so that scene when Zelda's crying in Link's arms, mm. uh, yeah, in in the Japanese version, which was the trailer we watched, sort of the way she did it was spot on. Yeah, it it really hit a chord with me. Whereas in the English version, it was a bit more of a <laughs> yeah, it was more of a sob. It was a bit more of a sob. Where in this, it's like like real, like oh, like despair. Yeah, yeah. like one hundred percent despair. And that that trailer just hit all the notes. And I mean, we were sold on it anyway. Just looking at this thing and being like, "Holy crap! It is a game console that could be on your TV and in your hands, and you could take it anywhere." Yeah, we were confident that that thing was just going to be incredible, uh, and it got released in March. Yeah, because like at at the time. We'll, we were still wondering whether this was going to be a hit for Nintendo but at the very least I knew it was going to be a system that was going to suit me down to the ground yeah me too and Zelda on the go on the TV however we want to play it was going to be so much fun um, so in March we, uh, we we had a pre-orders at EB Games we went down there uh, we went down there together um, picked up our pre-orders I got the um, the Switch itself uh, Zelda Limited Edition. Uh, I spent like over a thousand dollars. You did, yeah. But throughout 2016, I saved my birthday money, Christmas money, change, like whatever it was. I had this Milo box, which I had like a thousand bucks in. So I've been saving for like the year because I knew the NX was announced for March, like a year before. Yep. So I had it all set. I'm like, you know, for, for these Nintendo launches, I just like to just splash and yeah. embrace it. Yeah. yeah. So um, obviously, uh. I'm I'm not I'm not going to bore you too much with this at least because we already know what come out this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna read through them real quick. Mm-hmm. Do it, and we're just gonna gush about it. God, it was All a right. year. It was it was a year. Um, so smaller things out the out the way first. We had uh, Puji and Yoshi's Woolly World, which uh, was a re-release. We've got um, Dragon Quest Eight, uh, and Fire Emblem Heroes was released on mobile, which is one of Nintendo's highest grossing games now. Oh yeah, yeah, on uh, mobile. Uh, so the Nintendo Switch, the first hybrid console made by Nintendo, and Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, the first game uh, Zelda game to be in an open world since the first Zelda game, are released on March third. So that was obviously the opening, and then it went further down the line, and it just smashed even more. Monster Hunter Double Cross got on the console in Japan. Um, yeah, I was about to say having, having a <laughs> having monster having Monster Hunter on the console immediately, and because it was now region free, you could go and get in on the Japan store if you wanted. It really didn't matter. Um, so that hit a new IP, Arms hit. I really enjoyed Arms, and Arms mm. was like, whoa, holy crap, that looks fun as hell. It didn't look amazing in the first showing of it at the business presentation because it didn't make a lot of sense with a lot of business that presentation didn't make anything look good it did not apart from Zelda but (laughs) Arms Arms turned out to be a pretty fantastic game Uh, maybe with a few flaws but definitely fun Um, it moved on to 
Ever Oasis for 3DS, which was well received. That's cool. That's by Grezzo. That was. Yeah. Yep. Um, which made the uh, 3D, 64 Zelda 3D games. games yeah. Zelda games. Yeah. Uh, then we got uh, Splatoon 2, which, holy shit. Great. Um, yep. every, don't have to say anything more about Splatoon 2. Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Who would have thought that those fucking annoying little midgets and Mario would make a great game smash together? No one. But <laughs> it absolutely killed it. And it had some amazing music. It had uh, just a, a whole amazing time planched into it. It was an XCOM game, but it was with Mario mm. and fucking Rabbids, yeah. and it worked like look, worked like a charm. If, if you want to hear a great interview with the uh, lead developer on that game, go and check out uh, Paul, Paul James' Dev Diary. Really, yep. really cool. That's that, that's exactly right. Um, Pokémon Tournament Deluxe. So that came out as more of a filler game, and uh, of course, if you want to play Pokémon Tournament Deluxe, you've never played it before. It's probably the best way to play it anyway. Oh, so unless you want to go back to Wii U and yeah, exactly. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey banger. <laughs> Don't have to say much. And uh, then we got Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Who cares? Nah. <laughs> and the Nintendo Switch launched in South Korea and Taiwan on December 1st alongside the release of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which was a great way to end off the year considering we had Zelda, Mario, and that. We also had uh, Mario Kart 8 that year as well um, as a port. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, in April sometime, but, that was. Uh I think Mario Kart 8 sort of just becomes standard at this point and everybody everybody that does follow Nintendo knew what they were getting into when they were buying Mario Kart 8 so it's not mm. it's not the most notable thing obviously people are still playing it to this day it's very important to the Switch's ecosystem in terms of multiplayer mm. but um, yeah yeah because with the Switch like obviously 2017 was a, a huge bang for Nintendo they brought out a new system and because of their two botched launches of their previous systems they finally learnt that games is what is going to sell their hardware yeah and the switch launch is what i expected from the wii u's launch yeah now, obviously the wii was quiet for two years yeah um and when i said that all right they're putting all their resources into making games for the next system then it comes out with nothing it's like hmm what were they doing yeah a company that only makes games, it's kind of a bit weird. It is strange, um, yes. But now with the Wii U, we had one real quiet year and then they come out with this, yeah. um, which was just... It was such a fun year. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so amazing. It was so much fun to be a part of it and obviously... It felt like being a kid again. Yeah. Like, and, holy crap. In 2017, this isn't Nintendo exactly, but 2017 is when we started the podcast... So at at the end of May we did the first episode of the House of Mario and I remember I remember talking to you like we decided we were going to do a podcast and we wanted to start before the NX was revealed as whatever system it was going to be yeah and we just like never got our shit together until finally in May and yeah, uh, yeah we haven't dropped it yet Bryce we're still doing it <laughs> no yeah yeah so it was like a it was a real um it couldn't have been a better year to actually start doing a Nintendo Nintendo theme show centric podcast yeah. yeah centric podcast yeah so 2018 wasn't that long ago so we can go through this rather quickly we can yeah. it was a pretty it was a pretty decent year um, regardless anyway uh, obviously not as big as the previous year previous yeah. year just absolutely smashed there it weren't that many big hitters but the two big hitters they had were, were still consistent were my favourites <laughs> yeah so so uh, we had um, uh, Bayonetta 2 early year Mm-hmm. Um, so port along with Bayonetta one, get again good two for one combo. And considering that Bayonetta three, I think by that point was announced. Um, yeah, it was at the Game Awards. Yeah. So, so Bayonetta three, 
we know it's on the way. Best time to pick it up if you really feel like playing a new series. Uh, Kirby Star Allies come out. Very simple Kirby game, but it services as a Kirby game. Um, there was also Kirby Battle Royale that come out as well uh, as a free-to-play game. Yeah, on 3DS. Yeah. Uh, did you play that? It was just like... I uh, No. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing to write home about. But. No. <laughs> uh, Nintendo Labo come out uh, and uh, all its little kits. Again, uh, Drew bought this for us to talk about on the podcast we never fucking did anything with it I, I, um, I unboxed it and like got, he, he took the beetle out I took the beetle out buzzed it around the floor and I think like the dog got a hold of it so that's ripped up um, so that's a very expensive bit of beetle that the dog decided to chew on because yeah, the thing is like I was I was keen to like oh let's give it a go this is a new fr- uh, thing from Nintendo let's give it a go it's for kids but let's, uh, let's embrace it um, but I just couldn't be fucked building it. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's adult adulthood for you. That's can't, right. Yeah. Can't be bothered. Someone else make my cardboard and I'll play along with it. <laughs> but n- until then, can you buy? Can you? I wonder if you can like buy some DLC pack <clears throat> where it's already built. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, micro. If EA had Labo, I'd be like, oh, you know, ten extra bucks. We'll send a bloke to your house. He'll chuck it together for you. <laughs> extra money's extra money, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Uh, coming out on the Switch as well, which you know, great game, great game, great game. On Switch, good, good filler game. Not stranded on Wii U anymore. No, that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, Mario Tennis Ace is coming out. Um, you know, it, it, we, was, it was good. It, but no it, was, one cared. it was good, but nobody cared, and <laughs> it lacked some content that it really needed on launch. Um, but the, the way tournaments and rewards were set up were pretty good. I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, WarioWare Gold came out which was like perfect for us we're big WarioWare fans and it was a good way to revisit a lot of WarioWare's best micro games um, on the 3DS which was awesome but I still want something on the Switch for WarioWare oh absolutely the best time the best time with WarioWare ever was Smooth Moves Um, Touch was awesome but the multiplayer potential for Smooth Moves was Mm. awesome and I feel like that's what we need yeah, I'm hearing like a like around the place. I'm hearing opinions that like a lot of people didn't like smooth moves on Wii. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was it was so much fun. Get stuffed. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the best. <laughs> Get stuffed. It was the best one. What are you, what are you on about? Yeah. Um, Starlink Battle for Atlas also come out, which was the first real Toys to Life thing to come out that wasn't Amiibo. Um, which I'd like to add is actually a really good game, even if you don't use the Toys to Life feature. It's just a shame that it's sort of come out in an era where Toys to Life is sort of dying unless it's already cemented. So... You you can just get it um, on the eShop too and have all the statues and that as like a digital code. Yeah. Which is interesting. I've actually played it. I bought it for like... When you bought it for 25 bucks. I got got the R-Wing model. Yeah, I put the R-Wing up there. I'm like, awesome. It was worth the R-Wing. Got it. Yeah. Well, for 15 bucks, you might as well, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but definitely good game. Definitely a really good game. And um, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. Obviously, this were uh, this was a return to Kanto. Basically, um, it was it was big in the sense that Pokemon was finally on the console. And we knew that this was similar to how what the next one was going to work, I guess. Mm. But it didn't really. It kind of did its own thing. This, this is Game Freak trying to capitalize on Pokemon Go, trying to bring new people into the fold. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I don't know if it worked. I can't really. I don't really hear anything being like it's okay but it's not yeah yeah because I, I put like I put 90 so hours into it I really enjoyed the shiny hunting I enjoyed the catching mechanics the combos you could do to in- increase your chances for IVs and uh, shiny Pokemon I, I enjoyed all that but yeah. um, like missing like abilities hold items everything yeah 
the yeah, extra took took a lot of the the personality the extra, out of yeah, the battles. Yeah, the extra seven hundred Pokemon as yeah. well <laughs> was a big thing. <laughs> um, and smash. before before yeah before I, before I mention that um oh, as well ma- oh smash give me some <laughs> uh Dragalia's object uh, Dragalia was also oh. launched just before Smash. Um, and that was Nintendo's newest IP, I think, up to this point. Because it is Nintendo's IP. Anything that goes forward in the future with Dragalia Lost is Nintendo. Um, unless they want Psygames Games hand in it. And that was also when they bought uh, 5% stock in... They bought 5% Psy, uh, stock in Psygames. Um, so now they develop with Nintendo as well. Uh, and then Smash, obviously. Uh, what can I say about Smash other than been a hell of a hell of a ride that's still going <laughs> i don't think yeah it's still going until like right now we're still waiting for the last character to yeah be shown yeah that's right yeah so yeah so 2018 so it, it was a good year um a bit of a bit of shovel in there in comparison to the previous year but yeah the previous year was like literally unbeatable yeah you can't do that <laughs> I, I don't know how you could possibly beat the previous year you had the big zelda game you had the big mario game mm. i mean like it's lucky they had a system that had a lot of um, just potential to get ported from. Because yeah. if they didn't have that and they didn't have Donkey Kong and Hyrule Warriors and that at the start of the year, it would have been very barren. Yep. I feel like for me, like Smash and Pokemon, they're my favorite Nintendo franchises. So I was excited as hell just waiting for the year. I was happy. I was good. Yeah. People people like Luke in our Discord, for example, and uh, on Patreon, he, he, he's, he doesn't like Smash. He doesn't like Pokemon. So like people who are in that boat there's nothing for you which is you know, a bit bit of a shame but mm. I guess like another year the similar thing could happen to me there's no Pokemon there's no that's right Smash yeah. so how yeah. a cookie crumbles sometimes I mean there would be a nice that uh, Game Freak take a year off but yeah. I, I wouldn't complain if that happened no that's right yeah. so yeah Um. so I guess we'll move on to this year yeah 2019 2019 Um. so I think we've... If you've been listening to the show recently, uh, this year in, in particular, you already know about most of these games, so we'll make this the last true big skip. But this was a pretty big year. Yeah, this was this was a... Um, so far. Well, you know, we're almost at the end of it now, but... Yeah, I'll, we'll go through it and I'll ask you after. So, I guess... Uh, so, in January, we got New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. In March, we got Kirby's Epic Yarn. Extra epic yarn. Extra epic yarn. Oh, yes. It's very epic. Very uh, extra. Yeah. Uh, March, we got Kirby's Crafted World. April. <laughs> Yoshi's Crafted World. What did I say? Kirby's Crafted World. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> what you doing, Drew? God. Uh, this is pretty much the same games anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> April, we got uh, Box Boy plus Box Girl, which I bought and played only a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, June, New Super Mario Bros. No, God. I'm mixing shit up. Super Mario Maker 2, July Fire Emblem Three Houses, August Astral Chain, September Damon X Machina, September The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, September we also got Dragon Quest Eleven. Echoes of an Elusive Age. Uh, October, Little Town Hero, which is a Game Freak's game. October, we also got Ring Fit Adventure. And also Luigi's Mansion 3. Then November was Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Mm. So another real solid year. It's still like, for me, it still doesn't beat 2017. No, it won't. It won't either because that's where Nintendo's big properties are um, for, you know, pretty much everything. But still looking at it, a Kirby game, a Yoshi game, Fire Emblem, a new IP. 
Uh, a Zelda game. Dragon Quest Eleven, Luigi's Mansion, so a Luigi game and a Pokemon game. That's still eight titles mm. that like really smash. That's nuts. Yeah. I feel like looking at this list, it's like... I, w- I wouldn't say that they're the Nintendo's B-tier games, but they're, they're not the big open world Zeldas. They're not the mainstay Marios. And like stuff like a, you know, like a remake of Link's Awakening and Pokemon, Luigi's Mansion 3, it's like, what do all these games have in common? They were sort of mainly on, say, 3DS. And then with the Switch Lite being announced and coming out this year as well, it's like, oh, so we sort of like see their plan of like what games they're releasing to push certain hardware. Yeah. Um, and stuff like Luigi's Mansion 3 really took me by surprise of how good it was yeah it was a game I was like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it obviously I've enjoyed the past Luigi's Mansions that's the thing is most of the games on this list have been 90 plus Mm. because like even um, like at at the very start like New Super Mario Bros U Deluxe played that game before it's fine Mm. Um, it's it's good on Switch because it's uh, you can play it in a bit different way you can yeah, play it on the couch just in the handheld I know you can do that I, I was doing that with the gamepad back in 2012 as well but you know it's a little bit different mm. <laughs> you got a better D-pad on the Wii U to be fair yeah that's right <laughs> yeah so yeah real banger year and obviously um, most of the hype for me is Pokemon Pokemon's my favourite series so uh, when it got uh, announced on a Pokemon Direct back in February 13th um, I was just itching for the new game because we knew we were getting a new Pokemon game Generation 8 this year um, the Pokemon community was just hyped as hell um, and getting it initially it was, it was sort of like oh this is a normal looking Pokemon game and then it came out like oh you know, there's Pokemon in the overworld there's the wild area um, and, the, and the hype sort of picked up a bit more of an E3 the National Dex thing happened it crashed a little bit the hype excitement uh, That's when, and that's when the controversy took over for the next five months which uh to be honest, like as as someone who really cares about the series, it was so draining to be like having that ongoing, and it you kind of expected it to go away, whether it was like yourself getting over it or the community getting over it and people shutting up on Twitter, but it never happened. No, it's never it, gone away. It hasn't gone away now. No, no. Pokemon's been out for over a month. over a month, yeah. and it hasn't gone away, and it won't go away. Mm. And like I, I'm 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 in the boat where I'm like, yeah, I can understand to some degree why that would be but I don't think there's much we're going to do about it with just typical outrage no of course not no so and it, it is funny seeing like I've never really been involved in a community uh, uproar like this before like you see like um, whether it's like World of Warcraft people are complaining because they've made a change in a patch and you sort of just as an outsider, you look at it and go, oh, okay, fair enough. Nerds being nerds. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like ha- having this like being like a real downer on something you really care about. Um, yeah. And like at, I've put I've put 140 hours into Pokemon Sword. Me, me about the same time. Yeah. I, like, I really enjoy the game. I think it is nowhere near perfect. And I think the cut of the National Dex was still really disappointing. Yeah. But there's there's still fun games. I, I would I would like to see, you know, Game Freak take some of the criticism, the positive, you know, the positive people, not just the idiots out there. Yeah. Because you know the articles coming out, people like doing like, there's someone pretending he was Masuda, and like doing like pretending to be a rapist or something. It was just like such sadistic shit. 
It's like you couldn't even like like us two. We couldn't even imagine doing that. Like, no. why would you do that? <laughs> no. So you do like, like just keep in mind this man has the other games you do like. He did. Uh, he did direct those games. So don't. <laughs> you don't have to be such an asshole to him. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's not going to get anywhere. It's not going to make you look good. It's not going to make our community look good. Um, it's just a shit thing all around. But um, just for like, I would like to see Pokemon get to the stage where it can go up for a nomination at the Game Awards, like best RPG. Yeah. Not not Game of the Year. It's because it's a it's a almost annual game like Call of Duty and stuff like that will never be nominated for that type of thing but just have the quality there because the sort of the loop for us is a lot of fun being able to like get the candies level them up do competitive battling yeah but like the the, just the small stuff like the trees everyone's complaining about like just like improve that put voice acting um, just like some big things some small things just to make the overall experience a bit more up to date with what we expect from modern gaming that's right yeah yeah but yeah great year really enjoying Pokemon at least great decade yeah great decade you know so, we had we had the downs but we definitely had the ups definitely did so we're moving into 2020 we don't really know what we're getting apart from Animal Crossing yeah um, so we're going to hope it's another banger year moving on next uh, Xbox Series X are coming out along with the PS5 it's going to be um, a bit more competitive for Nintendo next year lending it going against those things but um yeah it's been an absolutely fantastic uh, decade um at, at the start was very slow but i i feel like the place nintendo is now is very solid one of, it's one of the best they've been in, in years yeah. even like back when looking back on the early days of the wii and the ds um just having how successful they were like they weren't making games we were ex- exactly that fond of yeah. Well, the touch generation stuff, apart from Nintendogs and that, it wasn't like a big thing. But yeah, so Bryce, that uh, that brings us to the end. Actually, sorry, sorry, Bryce. I know I know you're itching to go, but uh, since since <laughs> I need to get off my ass. It's been two hours. My ass is sore. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll give a bit of a slap after, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> but uh, since we've been talking, we have had some people respond to my call on Twitter for uh, their favorite games of the decade. So, speaking of Paul James, Paul James says, Of course, the best system of the decade for Nintendo is the Switch. Uh, While as for uh, games, we get swept up by Breath of the Wild and Galaxy 2, Odyssey, etc. But one of the commonly forgotten ones is Pikmin 3. Possibly lost because it's a Wii U game, but it's one of Nintendo's best this decade. Um, I I didn't really sink a whole lot of time into Pikmin. I didn't enjoy it too much. Yeah, um, I bought I bought it like later. Not not because Pikmin is bad in concept, but because at at some point I just lost myself and I couldn't find out where to go, and I wasn't I, I had no patience for it at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, nah, can't be bothered. But it, it definitely is like the prettiest looking Pikmin <laughs> for sure. Well, yeah, and and the best operating one. I just I just never really yeah hmm. push forward with it. Oh, well, um, you you know where to complain, uh, Paul. Uh, yes, you do. And Metadox writes in again. He says, uh, "One other game, Terraria, is my current favorite game of all time. In is the mo- is the best game I've played. Period. Uh, its uh, replay replayability is unlike any other game out there, with hundreds of weapons and armor pieces for each class at every stage of the game. Plus, the amount of freedom you have is unreal. You can grind out for awesome gear before each boss, or just go into it hoping that." Uh, hoping that what you've got will be enough uh, not to mention all the potions wiring 
uh, contraptments, NPCs, events, hell, even optional bosses that, that you could do. Uh, could do. Plus, uh, miss on your first playthrough gives when the game so much content even when you're doing not even even you're not doing anything crazy like fighting off a mechanical skull with a grenade cannon drill saw and laser gun for arms even if laser gun for arms <laughs> even still you're right never poured. A yeah, I feel like it uh, there's always new items uh Plus, he's, put, he's on Twitter, so he just like does plus for the next uh, tweet. Plus, a uh, cool use of access of an accessory that you can combine with another one to make one accessory um, that has both the accessories special ability in one. There's never a dull moment in the game, and I could gush about it for hours. But the best of all, it's on the very best console. Plus, so if you haven't already do yourself a favor and pick it up personally i'd recommend it on steam because the updates come first they're on steam and it's 65 dollars yeah. some shit on the and screen. it's half price right now like 70 bucks australian no seven bucks australian yes yeah, 60 dollars on the e-shop so no yeah. <laughs> I, I like terraria as well and i played a huge bulk of it on on my steam copy i'm not buying it on switch for that price yeah it's ridiculous that is absolutely awful pricing I don't know what the hell they were thinking don't know they're thinking uh, let's make some money and charge a lot for that it is, that is not a way to make money fellas that is a way to steer people away from the platform mm. alright so we've got a, uh, a couple of um, top 10 lists from listeners but I think we've gone long enough we'll leave it there so uh, yeah we'll end it there um, just as far as uh, we said this at the top of the show but the sh- the House of Mario will be having a couple of weeks off. We'll be back on the 14th. Uh, Bryce will be away for a month or so. Don't know how long. He'll come back when he says, Oi, Drew, we'll come back. Uh, so I'm going to be doing, a, I guess, a, a series while Bryce is gone called Nintendo Neighbors where I have a new guest each week uh, so they can be content creators or just friends of mine or uh, fellow listeners of the show. So the invite is out there. If you're listening to this and you would like to be a part of the show, early next year give me a message on Twitter at iDruby or um, Facebook at iDruby or what else do I got or on Patreon the Patreon DMs are open as well that's right which is at patreon.com slash iDruby all you need is a, a microphone and a way to record your audio send it to me and uh, you can be on the show if you're interested and uh, yeah so um, also in 2020 I just want to give the heads up that um, the podcast will be moving from SoundCloud to another hosting site um, mainly because SoundCloud, uh, it's mainly made for music. It was great when we started. It was a cheap option. Um, it was an easy option to get into because I was already familiar with SoundCloud. But um, since then, iTunes has sort of changed its uh, rules and c- categories. It's changed from games and hobbies to leisure. And from leisure, you can choose whether video games or games or whatever it is. But um, what SoundCloud has done is it hasn't updated that. So we just... We are currently just categorized as leisure. We're not even in video games. Yeah. So we've got to get the hell out of SoundCloud because it's uh, not good. People no. will not be able to find us. No. <laughs> if people say, I want a video game podcast but where people talk about Nintendo, you will not find us. No. <laughs> so we've got to get the hell off. So if you listen to us on SoundCloud, um, um, you'll, you'll have to go to Spotify, Apple iTunes, whatever it is, Apple iTunes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think my subscription goes for goes until May, so I'll continue uploading the episodes to SoundCloud until then. But after but May's that, the cancellation. Yeah. So yeah, and I'll, I'll be asking too whether people are having problems or whatever once the host has moved. Yeah. Because uh, it should be pretty smooth, but I know you know things happen. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, early next year, we're gonna be I'm gonna be changing a few things regarding this podcast and a couple of other shows I do, but I'll share that early next year. And yeah, until then, thank you very much for listening to the House of Mario episode 127. If you enjoyed the show, there are five ways you can help us out. Number one is you can subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Number two is leave a five star review review it helps out with the algorithms number three is tell a friend who is also a fellow nintendo nerd number four share the show on social media you can find me at idruby where can they find you bryce at ivy and you can find the show at the house of mario and if you'd like to help out even more you can check out our patreon at patreon.com slash idruby where you can get early access to shows i do um, as well as early access to the house of mario encore and secret recordings that's right that is right that is right Imagine if it was wrong. No. If I don't, if, if I don't say that's like the right stuff, who's going to say it? Me. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nintendo jukebox this week to wrap up our long decade conversation is a Pokemon Sword and Shield Amani battle theme remix by Glitch X City, also featuring Scott A. Scott A. Uh, I thought this was a song from Sword and Shield would be a great way to end up our last episode because it's been a last part of our conversation. Of yeah. throughout the whole year and the song's just a banger I fucking love this theme I have to listen to it you will you'll hear it right now cool alright everybody catch you later and Merry Christmas Happy New Year Hanukkah whatever you celebrate have a good one bye getting under the seat like asses I'll give it a slap for you <laughs>